molestando con una vipa, me pregunta si te quiero, yo te digo que no estoy lista y no quiero comenzar. No hay nada que pensar. What is up, everybody? It is your boy, Luis Martinez, a.k.a. Big Chief Burrito. And this episode of Mi Gente Show is titled, Can You Ever Really Go Home Again? Ali Rivera from the United Stateless Podcast joined us for an interview. We talked about the origins of the podcast, which deals mostly with people that have grown or lived in the United States for a long time that have been forced to repatriate and leave the country either because they were deported or they saw limited options living as an undocumented person in the United States. Um, these are people in some cases that served the military that lived here, that were here since kids. And her podcast has started just to nibble on the edges of the large segments of populations that have to repatriate, go back to Mexico and other countries. It was a really cool talk. Um, she talked a little bit about TV work that she does, about how the origins of the podcast, and she hung out with us and stuck around for a few stories. After the interview, there was a uh, horribly executed but well-meaning bit called Misogynist or Ally, as myself tried to give my thoughts on the Women's FIFA World Cup. We then talked a little bit about the Michael Orr situation where he was suing his family from the blind side. Um, and we talked a little bit of a couple of other things. And at the end, we did a Game of Thrones themed, which house do you belong to survey? Uh, cool episode. Thank you very much, Sally Rivera. We'll put links to her podcast in the description. It was very informative. We look forward to hearing more from her and collaborating with her in the future. As always, thank you for listening, supporting, and all those good things. Wherever you listen, Spotify, Good Pods, Podbeam. Make sure you like this episode. Give us a rating if you can. Make sure you tune in live. Follow at Mi Gente Show on YouTube and at Mi Gente Show on Instagram so you can get notified when we're going to go live so you can participate and comment and ask questions to our host and to our guest. And as always, enjoy the pod. Uh, we'll, we'll do personal news. Uh, um, I mean, we don't really have much personal news. I mean, you turned being I turned. Thank you for that, by the way. That was so cute. You Thank do love me. Oh, we did a post and stuff. Um, all right. So go ahead. Well, no, I was going to ask. Do you have any personal news? I, I all I have is I got bit by a dog. So. Oh right, that's right. You got mauled. What happened? I got mauled by a by a German Shepherd. So what happened was, oh my little baby honey, we just went on a walk. That was it. But the German Shepherd is not socialized and aggressive, and the neighbors had the their gate wide open, so the their dogs were just roaming the streets. Wow. So it clocked honey, ran towards her, and honey did what she was going to do, which was defend her, defend herself. But the, you know, there was no owner, nobody else to hold the dog back. So I'm just holding both of their collars, trying right. to get them not to kill each other. And my thigh got mauled in the process until I yelled for help and until somebody came. So oh, man. that's all I that's, could do. That's bad. Yeah, it was also size. It was big. Yes. Big Shepherd. Yeah. I'm sure you should have kicked big it shepherd. in the fucking balls. I mean, I was thinking. Yeah, I was thinking about it was a girl. It was, okay. You know, it was a girl fight. 
Yeah. yeah. I was Sorry. thinking about choking it out or something, but it was just, yeah, they were just, they were just going crazy. So I just, eventually they calmed down, but it was too late for my thigh. So now Man. I just have a wound and it's repairing. All right. Which, you know, I called 911. That was fun. Chick stick scars, you know, pain totally. is temporary. I don't, I don't know. Pain is temporary. Gnarly. Glorious yeah. forever, as they say. It doesn't look cute. I think I might get a tattoo over it. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, hey, we got, we got, we got one of those. All right. Uh, for me, no, uh, everything's pretty much the same. I still have four dogs at my house, which is insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, my Belgian ate another pair of my flats this week. So it's wow. uh, Milo two shoes zero so far on the scoreboard. Stop. Were they expensive shoes? What kind of shoes? Uh, they were old, old. Um, I have three pairs of um, chanclas, flats, uh-huh. and uh, that I use almost exclusively for the last several years since nobody was going anywhere. And now I use them for the gym and stuff. So I have to buy some, I have to buy new ones ones because he ate Go to Ross. Go to to Ross. Yeah. All right. So we're going to jump right into it. This, uh, this week we have a guest um, Mm -hmm. that was originally recommended by our friends uh, from Me Mataron Tres Veces. They reached out to me and they said, Hey, you should talk to Alexandra. She's got a podcast. It's very interesting. Um, and, um, you know, we started talking, we had to reschedule around some stuff and finally we were able to get her on for the show today. So from the, uh, United Stateless, mm-hmm. I'm hoping yes. I'm saying it right. The United Stateless podcast, United yes, Stateless podcast, which you can find on Spotify. Uh, Alexandra Rivero joins us. Yeah. Hi, Woo! thank you for having me. Right, thank you for me. being here. We're honored. I mean, really, yes, you guys I'm here. so sorry about the dog. <laughs> that's that's oh yeah yeah thank you thank you it happened right before my birthday weekend so i was unable to go inside a pool or drink and it was a pool party oh my god it happens happens. there's no such thing as bad dogs just bad dog owners so you guys please be responsible dog owners yeah (laughs) yeah yeah no i'm 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 working on socializing my my i have to do it every day now because he is uh, a belgian malinois are super yeah. Uh, so if, if I, yeah, if not, you just, yeah, you need a, there's a, yeah, you need a high fence and a lot of burn a lot of energy for them or else yeah. they'll just destroy the term. I was like, yeah, well, like, yeah, they're maligators. I'm like, how bad could they be? Oh, they're bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's jump anyway. into it with Alexandra, who's joining us all the way from Brooklyn, BK in the house. Thank you for coming by. Yes. Hi. All right. Yeah, excellent. So let's jump into it. Uh, the United Stateless podcast. Where did the uh, the idea for that originate? Was it something that you had thought about for a while before you executed? Did somebody else come to it, or where did that start? Yeah. So the how I got so the podcast is about life after being an immigrant in the U.S. Um, specifically concentrates on people who have returned to Mexico, and in Mexico uh, they're called returnees and other places are called like repatriated people or, or whatnot. But um, I became interested in this whole topic and really found out about it um, in 2017, no, 2018 um, when I went to Mexico city and I had an Uber driver who spoke to me in American accented English. And I was like, you sound like you're from California. What are you doing driving Uber in Mexico? And he had grown up undocumented in California and he decided that he should like 
there was no hope for him. Nothing good was going to happen if he was going to stay in the U.S. It was just going to be a lot of stress. So he was going to return to Mexico. The weird thing about me is that I'm, I am Mexican-American, but I, it's really something I have to tell people because I do not look Mexican-American at all. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What news to me. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and I didn't grow up in a very Mexican area. I grew up in a very um, Salvadorian area. And so like my whole life, I had been like, oh, I don't really have a lot in common with people who have recently immigrated and recently like, um, you know, people who are like, um, they themselves immigrated or their parents immigrated because my family has been in the U S for a few generations. So, um, this was the first time, like this conversation in this Uber was the first time I was like, Oh, actually I understand what you're talking about when you're talking about like coming to Mexico and having culture shock or like people, uh, thinking that you're not, you know, Mexican enough. Obviously I do. Yeah. I really fall under the category of people not thinking I'm Mexican enough, which is fine. But like, <laughs> but it's, it's, um, I was really surprised that people who had immigrated from there were kind of, that was getting lobbed at them and whatnot. And it was the first time where I didn't feel like I had to explain that part of myself mm-hmm. in a detailed way to somebody. And I was just really like happy to, <laughs> to find someone I could connect with that in that way. Um, so I professionally, I'm a television producer and originally uh, writer and producer. And originally I was like, Oh, I think I want to do a TV show about this. And the TV show idea kind of went as far as it could. And what came out of that was a podcast. And so I went to Mexico, interviewed a bunch of people. That was a whole wild story. Um, and yeah, and like this was kind of a phenomenon I'd never really thought about. Like I, I knew, I'd known people growing up who had returned, but like you never heard from them after they returned. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I was like, all right, yeah. What's that like? What's, you know, what's the, what's your life like? And yeah, it's fascinating. So an interesting interesting conversation in an Uber just sort of takes you down this journey, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was the craziest thing. I I like think about the whole like sliding doors moment of that Mm -hmm. whole day. I'm like, wow, if I had called that car like three minutes later, would I, you know, I wouldn't have had that conversation and I wouldn't be where, you know, have gone on the journey that I went on. You should credit the the Uber algorithm as a producer. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, awesome. we've talked about this a lot on the podcast and on the stream in terms of like, um, you know, um, and we try to, we've had people like uh, Maribel uh, from mm-hmm. My Daca Life who, you know, had a whole documentary about her growing up undocumented, joining the DACA program and then having that culture shock when she went to Mexico. Yeah. And, um, you know, as advocates, um, you know, I know personally, uh, you know, dozens of people that have to make that decision. Yeah you know, in my personal life that have had to make that decision of like, you know, what's, you know, even if you live in a place like Southern California or New York, Mm -hmm. uh, even if it's a golden cage, it's still a cage because you can, you can decide to, you know, I can stay here in this place 
yeah. in the U.S. or in this city that I'm in, if you're in a sanctuary city, or I could literally be anywhere else in the world. Um, yeah. And it's that it's 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 something that that really can can tear at people's uh, insides. So, um, how how is it hearing those stories, and and does it make you I don't know appreciate your your lot in life more, or or does it make you want to be more of an advocate, or what does that what does that do to you internally when you hear these stories of these struggles? Yeah, I mean, it definitely wants. It makes me want to be an advocate. It's it's always so fascinating because um, everyone I've talked to has had somewhat of a different take on returning. Mm-hmm. So for some folks, they chose that for themselves. They were like, you know, UNAM is free. Um, I'm going to go to free college in Mexico. And that was really something that they were like, I'm going to, I can see what I can take advantage of. And like, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And for some folks, it's like the worst thing that ever happened to them. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely, you know, I think I've always known that I've been very lucky in a number of different ways. Um, so in, in this case, like I can, I definitely, yeah, can, it's definitely apparent in some cases. Um, but yeah, it, it is interesting how for some folks they have turned it into like that. Oh, I'm going to travel the world now. I'm going to visit China. I've never, I would have never been able to visit China had I stayed in the U S or I'm going to get to meet my grandma. Um, and that might be very complicated, but it's, it seems to be such an intensely mixed bag, which is one of the, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions maybe that some folks have is that it's either like, and this whole story is either an inherently good thing or inherently bad thing. Um, it's, it's just like incredibly complicated and it depends on the, the circumstances under which someone returns and like what's going on in their life, who their family is, is their family functional? Right. And that seems to be a big part of it. Yeah. I, um, I, I binged like four episodes, um, <laughs> ever since I knew you were coming on and man, I just want to say, first of all, I love what you're doing. Thank you. Um, I think that it's such a unique concept to f- focus on the people that have returned and their stories. Yeah. Um, cause always we, we, we more so focus on like another experience here, but we forget about that people do go back and what's life after that. Right. Yeah. Um, but man, the wide array of like people that have gone willingly or have had a great experience, you know, when returning more opportunities even, and versus like, I think it was Sandra, was it? Like yeah. just like the very dark, the darkest of darkest experiences. I mean, that was really impactful to me. Yeah. And I, um, well, like I was wondering like, where, where did you find uh, so many different people to interview? Yeah. So I, so right after I met the Uber driver, I tried to find him initially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I reached out to, there's several grassroots organizations in Mexico city that were founded by people who've been through this and they're mm-hmm. there uh, to help people through like finding a job, finding a house, um, you know, kind of finding a life. And so I started volunteering with this group called Nucomienzos and they were really helpful in helping me. Um, they like sent out WhatsApp messages and they were like, Hey, there's this project. Like she's cool. Like, do you want to talk to her? And so I really had like people reaching out to me. The only two people that um, didn't come from that were I, 
had the last episode, which is not out yet. Um, that woman came from um, another group called Oda. And then Ariana, who's the fifth episode, is actually a friend of, a, of uh, well, she's a, my friend's cousin. So. Um, so, yeah, it was I found that, like, it was better when people reached out to me and wanted to tell their stories rather than me reaching out to people. Because, like, there's so many people that I met when I was there that had the story and I'd meet them at, like, the gym or, like, literally I was, like, standing in line at Starbucks and there was these two guys in front of me and then I was like, oh, yeah, I think I <laughs> I think I <laughs> based off of your conversation and your accent, I think, like, I know what your deal is. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, yeah, but I was really fortunate in that, like, Sandra wanted to, she was like, this is part of my healing. This is part mm-hmm. of my owning my story. And I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I, I wonder, is she still actively looking uh, to see if she is a, an American citizen? Do you know? Yeah, yeah I... It was a cliffhanger, kind of. <laughs> I know, I know. So there was this other interview I was supposed to do with a guy who worked in immigration law. Um, mm-hmm. He had he had a crazy story where, <laughs> where he had been undocumented. His dad had joined the military pre-9-11, and he wound up working in immigration law. Uh, he wound up, so his dad joined the military. It got everyone citizenship. He wound up working in immigration law. What I had heard about him was that he had initially worked for ICE mm-hmm. and he never told me that. I don't know if it's true. Um, he backed out of the interview, but his, um, I set, but he's now working in Mexico and helping people. So I set her up with him to talk. So hopefully something comes of that. Last time I talked to her, she she, last time I talked to her, she, it didn't seem like it was finding out was her focus. Um, but yeah, I want to, I want, I should check in with her again and see if, if um, she's figured that out. I want her to see her sisters. So obviously, um, you know, you have to make sure that they're not tourists, right? When you go out to people, Hey, are you repatriate? Um, <laughs> are you tourists or terrorists? Yeah, uh, tourists or <laughs> Um, because there's also, cause there's also like the, there's also the, like this, this, um, I know for example, in, in Colombia and Medellin, yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of Americans and expats that yeah. are moving, uh, to Medellin, yeah. to Colombia, they're moving to Peru, they're moving to Chile, to Uruguay, yeah. just to live there and, and take advantage of, of the, you know, the lower prices in some cases, yeah. although some places are really expensive anyway. Yeah. Um, but so so it's weird that we have these people that are forced into this sometimes life and death decision of fuck it. I guess I'm going to go move back to my own country, even though I don't know yeah. anything about it, even though I feel American. Right. Um, you know, like I, I hear, you know, et cetera. And then there's these mm-hmm. other people who are, I don't want to say so privileged, but privileged to a certain degree where they're like, I am choosing yep. to go live in your country mm-hmm. Because of the cheap tacos and yep. rent and and stuff like that. So, how do these people feel about those sorts of people that are that are doing what they're doing, but under much different circumstances? It's complicated. Um, generally, when I was talking to people, and I think some of this thinking has shifted in the last year, um, but when I was doing these interviews and talking to folks, it seemed like the people I was interviewing were kind of like, Oh, maybe they'll be my friends or like, Mm -hmm. I have a, like a lot culturally in common with some of the digital nomads that are coming in. Maybe there's an opportunity there for me to like connect. 
there's mm-hmm. such a gulf between the two. Like there's such, and I think that there's a lack of awareness of on the part of the digital nomads that this community even exists. Um, and so many of them are like, not, I don't know. They're just like, they're so, cause like I've, you know, I was there for like four months, like recording people. Like I, I've met a lot of them. They were so uninterested, even in meeting like Mexican locals that it's, I don't, maybe that will get better. Maybe not. Um, but you know, I think it's, I think it would, honestly, it would benefit, I think both sides if like they somehow got a chance to interact with each other, you know, um, for the returnees, it's like, you know, maybe a taste of like home in a way that even if it's like, you know, even if the (laughs) interactions are not perfect, like it's a taste of like, you know, some sort of like familiarity. Um, And for the digital nomads, it's like, all right, wake up. This is reality. Like, you know, could be a bridge to them, you know, sort of being more respectful of of who they are. You know, exactly. Yeah. 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 And like, you know, I think, and yeah. And I think it's, it's almost like when I was, when I was talking to people about it, it was almost like it was two completely separate topics and people were just kind of like, Oh yeah, I'm not even, I don't even, I can't deal with that right now. <laughs> right now. I can't even like, right. you know? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sounds interesting. Sophia, you got to, you got to listen to a few episodes then, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I was into it. It's like, it's, it's also like each one is, it goes in depth, but it also is not too long. Like it go each episode is just such a, like, I don't know. It's, it's short enough that is digestible really quickly. Cause I was just like, I'm telling you, I binged all of these and each story was just like mind blowing and yeah. it really did check my privilege. I mean, so I enjoyed it. Listen, everyone watch it. It's called United Stateless Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. To somebody who grew up on both sides of the border. I mean, yeah, I think it's people, a, yeah. brings up a mirror to your freaking face, right? About your experience and how privileged we are. And yeah, all these different experiences. Yeah. I think like the craziest thing that I did not, um, well, the craziest thing that I did not count on was like the number of parents that sent their kids back by themselves. That was, that was the thing that really, I was like, the, the so there, it, it, um, not all the episodes are out yet, but it, it happens more than once. Mm-hmm. And, um, that and like the family, di- the complicated family dynamics. Cause like I'm used to, I mean, my dad's family is like so close and like, there's like issues, but it's like, we're all on, we're on like a, you know, 40 person group chat. practically Mm, yeah and then yeah and then like and and we all you know we live like in all over the country in different countries in some cases and you know but it's okay but it's like you know for a lot of these families the fact that like people like left mexico is like such an issue and creates such a divide with the family that's like left in mexico where they're just like i don't know how to be related to you that was another surprise for me yeah and 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 let me um let me switch switch I mean because obviously uh we're talking with Ali Rivera Alexandra I, I don't know if you go by Ali or Alexandra yeah or whatever. yeah yeah oh, both uh, fine. the uh from the United Stateless podcast mm-hmm. um my uh streamyard is lagging I've been trying to share the uh 
the page here, but it just, I was wondering where you're trying to share. Yeah, I was, I was saying, it just, <laughs> hey, there, there, it is. there we go. Hey. That's it. You can yes. you can find it on Spotify, uh, United Stateless Podcast. Um, and um, but you you mentioned that your background was uh, as a TV producer. Yeah. So so obviously we got a TV strike right now going on. So. <laughs> Uh, might as well just pick your brain a little bit about that. Can you tell us about, you know, how you got into that? Obviously, um, we met through a filmmaker. So yeah, uh, tell yeah. us a little bit about 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 that part of your career. And is it currently on hold? Um, I'm fortunate in that it's not. Um, I'm a what's called a story producer. So I work in post-production on non-scripted television. Uh, non-scripted okay. can be anything from cooking shows to classic capital R reality shows. And I, so I basically watch everything that comes in and I'm like, Oh, you should like, you know, you should choose like, this is how the story should go. You should like use this part. You should, this is interesting. Let's like put that in there. Um, how it's affecting how this, all right. My take on the strike is that, um, the writers and the actors definitely have valid points. I fully support them. Um, the networks have been in flux and in a weird transitional state for years at this point. There's been so many mergers and then like non-mergers and acquisitions like Disney acquired. Disney seems like a hot mess right now. Yeah. Right when they were launching Disney Plus, they acquired... Um, Lucasfilms and like Marvel, like around this in the same like discovery, three, right? Yeah, like three year period or something like that. It was like pretty close together. And then they, um, and then they went and like launched a whole new enterprise. And then they had, and then there was like a whole global pandemic where they couldn't open their parks. And it was like they're an interesting company because they have like a lot of irons in the fire in different places, but like all of their shit was on fire. And it was just like, and I'm like, how are you going to blame your company's like budget shortfallings on like actually paying your people when you went ahead and spent millions, millions of dollars on yeah. rapid expansion and it didn't quite work out in your favor? It's like, right. that's bad planning. Mm -hmm. And for like Warner Discovery, that's been in flux since like the the tv show was well i can't say too much about it but it was supposed to be on one of those properties and like so um they've been in like structural flux for i'm gonna say four years wow. maybe maybe longer between um warner buying hbo and then letting i can't they like released like AT&T was trying to get on in on it and then they were like released them and then they brought on um and then that they, they merged with discovery this year it's like the whole thing has been an absolute mess and then Netflix has never been profitable they just decided to spend a ton of money and not worry about their bottom line and they just ran out of seed money I think or something along those lines it's like there's so many issues, so many bad business decisions that have contributed to the problems that are happening right now. And, but like the blame is going on, the blame is going towards creatives. And I think that that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. 
bonkers. <laughs> I think yeah, you, you, you're right. I mean, they 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 have been playing this game where they're like acquiring stuff, launching stuff, yeah. branding stuff, mm-hmm. switching from a theatrical release model to an online model, and say, okay, we're going to do only online, you know, and then yeah. like, oh no, we can make a bunch of money here, and then uh, you know charging and keep raising their rates every so it's like like before when when the cutting the cutting the cutting the cable was just like oh look i only have to pay eight bucks for netflix and 12 bucks for this and i'm good and i'm getting everything i want and now it's like no you got to pay 11.99 for hbo and you got to pay for disney and hulu and if you want if you want no ads like it used to be you got to pay more so now it's like what the fuck is the difference between this and and just having the antenna ears on my TV, you know? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, it's it's like, and that, you know, yeah, I don't, it's, they took the model in a direction that's like kind of uncharted territory and then like did not plan for it well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, they haven't even been greenlighting non-scripted shows for the last year. Like everything has been on a standstill. So they're going to run out of content. And actually one of the things I've, um, I've heard is that they've been uh, buying internationally a bunch, um, including from Mexico, uh, to make up the shortfall. So, like Mexican reality shows, um, which will be interesting, and also Korean. Yeah, yeah it'll be it'll be interesting because, like, traditionally in the U.S. market, foreign language shows have not really done very well. I mean, Squid Games is an obvious outlier, but like. Made in Mexico is not the hit in, right. you know, outside of, yeah, the Latin community. And like, um, and yeah, like there, there's a whole bunch of examples where you have popular shows, but it's not going to totally fill the void. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. So investors are are buying other that? shows instead of, uh, instead of investing in their employees. Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Is this the end? Uh, I was talking to one of my friends in Mexico, who's a who's a reality producer there, and I was mm. like, and I said something about like, oh, they're not greenlighting anything, and he's like, that's crazy because like all those companies are buying up stuff here like nuts. Whoa. Yeah. It'll be mm. interesting to see how that happens. Uh, yeah. Thanks for stopping by, Scarif. Never on schedule, yeah. always on time. Um, <laughs> there is a listen. Netflix is notoriously not paying residuals to yeah. uh, Korean actors, right? Yeah, uh, oh, they're not they're, paying them to U.S. actors either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. U.S. actors either. Um, there was this one uh, Korean cooking show on Netflix when I still had Netflix that I was obsessed with, where they would have two Korean celebrities. <laughs> and then they would kidnap their fridge and then they would have like 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 Korean and American chefs make them dinner based on just whatever they had leftovers in their in their in their TV. And it was weirdly fascinating. <laughs> I kind of love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was literally like they were like they would have these two celebrities like soap opera Korean people. And then they would be like, oh, here's your fridge. And they would open it and they would make fun of whatever they had in there. And then they would pick one of these master chefs to take all the ingredients that they had in the fridge and prepare mm. for them like their favorite meal. So what was it I, mean, I don't remember the name, but I just <laughs> remember I watched a ton yeah. of it. And then it was so cool because they had like they would put like emojis and all these different like extra stuff on top of the screen. And I was like, man, I'm fascinated by that. I would love to make <laughs> like that. Anyway, no, <laughs> I would be embarrassed, though. I would wind up being like shamed at the state of my friend <laughs> oh true that part that part yeah the, the concept of the show i enjoyed yeah um 
So, yeah, and also, I read an article uh, a week ago that um, Apple may buy Disney or buy parts of Disney. Interesting. Like, what? if there was one company that do could you buy Disney. The, do you want to hear the gossip on? Yeah, yes. I want to hear the tea. Okay. Yes, please. This is what I heard. That's fascinating. Um, I did not know that. That it was basically would, would, they, would they buy Disney Plus? No, I guess what the what it would be would be Disney, I think, took on a lot of debt and when yeah. they when they got like Nat Geo and all this stuff. Yeah. So they would basically buy they would bunch off like like Disney Kids and some of these other properties with their debt and right. sell that to Apple so that Apple could incorporate that directly into their VR stuff and into their Apple Plus stuff. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So okay. they would be buying into all these properties and then Disney would just kind of stick to I would guess their cartoons and Star Wars is what I would assume that they would stick to. Interesting. So when HBO was bought by what I think it was at the time Warner AT&T, um, all of their, a lot of their network executives jumped ship. So network executive, the, that role is like when you make a TV show, the, the actual like, the network doesn't make it. They hire a production company and then the network is kind of like the client. So the network executives are like the point per people for the TV show. So they'll like, like, let's say uh, I'm a network executive and you know, um, you guys are making a show for me. You would send me the episodes or like, you'd send me like your plans the whole time. And then I would see the episodes and, and I would give feedback and be like, or like, I would see like, see scripts and like give the feedback and be like, no, 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 I think we should do this or like whatever network executives can either be amazing or very, very annoying. Um, But all of the network executives from HBO went to Apple Mm -hmm. after the merger with um, after it was acquired by Warner AT&T because like they went in and they're like, well, you guys, you, you don't know what success is yet. You haven't really been successful. And they were like going to take away like a bunch of the, you know, what made HBO HBO, mm-hmm. which was like the creative minds that were working there. And they all went to Prestige Apple, which TV. is, yeah, which is why you're seeing stuff like, it's not TV, Severance. it's Apple plus. It's Apple. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> why you're seeing stuff like Severance and, um, you know, so like I'm trying, I'm blanking on other Apple plus shows. Uh, Blackbird. Uh, yeah. Our, yeah. Swagger, uh, Ted Lasso. Ted, yeah, Ted Lasso. Mm-hmm, I don't know that Ted Lasso would would have gone on HBO, but like Severance is a class. I'm I would not be surprised yeah. if like someone did not bring that from HBO to Apple Plus. Yeah, yeah. Dang, uh, so and that's the T. <laughs> All right. Listen, HBO HBO is 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 notorious is synonymous synonymous with prestige television. So yeah. It's interesting yeah. that that they decided to change their name to the lesser of their brands. Oh, it's the the most insane. I mean, like here's what like I love it when a very confident person is like I've never done this before, but I bet I'm awesome at it. Um, <laughs> which is like us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I worked with so many people like this over the years. It's like there's but I feel like there's like this one amazing like um i don't know it was some some sort of streamed like round table thing 
right after the HBO acquisition and someone, and it was all these people who were coming from like AT&T who were like, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, we're going to make the decisions now. And it's like, dude, you ran a phone company. Like, do you actually know how to like, like, do you know how the sausage is made? Like, do you know how to TV? Yeah. TV Figure out how to not get calls to drop when you're in your car. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And worry about prestige <laughs> television. Right, exactly, exactly. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe we should all just be that confident because, like, if we're not, then somebody else is going to be. But, like, True. Uh, you know, it's it's just insane. I was like, this is, this is dark. <laughs> <laughs> May we all have the Man. confidence of, uh, of, uh, of people that have privilege and fail upward. Yeah. yeah exactly. Those people run the world, unfortunately. Yeah. No, it's, it's infuriating. All right, guys, we're, we're live with Alexandra Rivera from the United States list podcast. She is a TV producer living in Brooklyn mm-hmm. and uh, talking about the lives of people that have forced or have to make a tough decision to leave the United States. Some of them living in the United States for many years. Some of them growing up feeling like they were American. Probably a lot of them knowing more about American history than than actual Americans and having to reintegrate into a country that they've either never known or known for a very short amount of time. Yeah. Uh, obviously, as a big advocate for immigration, immigration rights, this is something that is... Um, very uh, near and dear to my heart. So it's very important that we that we promote podcasts like this um, and other people and other organizations that are doing things uh, to help these people. Um, here in San Diego, there's also a, lo- a large population of of um, uh, repatriated, I guess, Americans who we hear about all the time on the news locally, which are um, veterans who were deported. Yes, there so- is. So sorry, there's a um there's actually a page on my website um that has like a lot of resources for people. Um sorry, you're gonna you're probably you're going to name a organization, but yeah, I'm no, no, no. I was uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was gonna say we hear about it here locally a lot because like yeah. you were saying, um in the nineties, uh, early two thousands, um to try to get their um registration and recruitment numbers up, you know, um, people that were uh, undocumented would go to recruiting stations and they would get promised all sort of things. They would be told, hey, just take this test, we'll put you in the military, then, you know, that's going to help you get your papers, stuff like that. People that I know personally, mm-hmm. and then they had to go and serve or they were told that they could go or couldn't go and serve. Um, and then, um, and then some of these people were deported here and there's organizations, I don't know them off the top of my head, but I will click the, on your, on your page to see the resources that you have linked to. Um, but did you have a lot of interactions with people like that? Or did you plan on doing maybe a future episodes on something like that? I would love to do an episode with there's, there's so many topics I didn't get to, to cover. Um, that was definitely one of them. Um, another one I really wanted to cover was uh someone who there's a lot of people who go to mexico city specifically um who have to leave the u.s and they might not be from mexico in the first place but they're queer and they can't necessarily move back to where they were originally from um whether that be a part of mexico or whether that be another country um definitely wanted to uh would love to do an episode like that there's also um there's this, 
there, there's also a, um, I don't know if this is still happening. There is a point in time in which, um, one of the topics that we cover a lot is that there's a lot of call centers, uh, that employ people. And, um, one of the call centers, uh, was translation services for ice for a long time. And so you had people who sometimes have been deported, who, uh, were now working as a translator for ice. Um, and that's, that's gotta be absolutely wild. Um, that person must have a, a lot to get off their chest. Um, so yeah, no, I mean the, and the whole veteran thing is so that's, that's absolutely, I mean, there are all the stories where people are forced to leave or absolutely tragic. That one is like, I mean, yeah, it's just unconscionable. Yeah. You're okay with me dying for your, for the country, but yeah. once it's time for me to stay here, it's yeah. like, no, no. Um, and as somebody who has a day job in the, in the sales and marketing industry, I've managed call centers that are in South America and Medellin remotely. Yeah. And it is just a bunch of people that got deported or that, you know, were never were denied their knees that they thought they would be able to go back and they couldn't. And yep. I, across the border here, I, I work with several call centers in TJ, yep. uh, in Medellin, major places. And I've also uh, worked with call centers inside of prison where where people think they're they're ordering airline tickets and doing stuff like that. And they're actually talking to people in inside of, of federal prisons. That's well. insane. Whoa. Yeah. I had. Wow. Yeah. So sometimes when you're on the phone and, and, and you're getting calls from stuff or, or you're getting the customer support, you're talking to federal inmates. You're what? talking, you're talking to people. I've, I've personally coached. <clears throat> I actually, so this was several years ago, but I, I personally oh coached and trained correctional officers and taught them how to be contact center managers and, and, and I've had to coach and they would tell me, oh, uh, Rita. Yeah, she's here because she was doing a Ponzi scheme or 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 Joe. Yeah, he's here because of murder or some other stuff. And they have to get jobs and they're getting paid 35 cents an hour and they're talking to you on the phone. So that's that crazy. Is, be, nice, nice be, nice be nice to your yeah. customer support. Because <laughs> they'll track you down. Right. <laughs> I'm just just putting yeah. it out there. Uh, yeah. That See, that's is, legalized slavery. Like they're paying them thirty-five cents. That's not okay. That's that's not hundred percent. Hundred percent. Yeah. So messed up. Yeah. This Listen, man. Bad. We are we're fucked. We're we're in late skate capitalism. We're all fucked. It's all it's yeah. all it's all good. We're let's just try to make the best of it. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. it's a little early to get to. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. While we're here, go ahead, Alexander. <laughs> you me. No, I, I didn't. Huh? You were about to say something. Were you about oh, to say something? no. I mean, the, the, <laughs> this is going on the same topic, but the, the take that I liked about the call centers in, in South America and, and Mexico was that, um, you know, people were mad that immigrants were coming and, like, quote unquote, stealing jobs. And then, so they wanted them all deported. People get deported and the, then the jobs follow them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, and and the term for it is um cuz you know how they say that's offshore yeah. uh, off, offshore call centers. Right. The prison ones are called nearshore. Oh god. <laughs> so if you ever Oh, we're at a nearshore center. That means they're in prison. All right, we are live talking with Alexandra Rivera. She's from the United States Podcast. She's also a TV producer. We're talking a little bit 
about the industry, dropping some tea on some mergers. Will mm. Apple buy Disney? Maybe. Who knows? Mm. Could happen. Okay. It's the one company that might be able to buy them, you know? You know, yes. Apple's got so much money. They do. Yeah. And Disney's they, kind of a hot mess. <laughs> True. Yeah. And Apple True. needs content. Apple needs content, you know? Yeah. You know, hey, you never know. All right. I want to give a shout out to somebody that's been supporting our stream and been posting about us and stuff like that and sharing it. Somos Chingonas. Yeah. Chingonas. We're always leading, never following. We got to meet them at an art event a few weeks, uh, a couple months back when we went to, when we were in uh, Barrio Logan. Yeah. So check out Somos Chingonas dot uh, shop and check them out. And hopefully we'll have somebody from their organization on at some point, but they got a lot of. Badass, excuse me. Some stickers. Oh, yeah, they hooked us up with some stickers. They're a cool brand. Um, Follow them on Instagram. They are uh, Somos Chingonas at Somos Chingonas SD on Instagram. Check them out. So we like to shout out different organizations and stuff here on the pod. So Chingona, a badass woman, not a bad word. All right. You can you can see that on the subway. I'm assuming this is New York, right? This yeah, it looks like New York. This is, looks like the art. So, this looks like maybe like the R train or something. Something yeah. like that. Yeah, <laughs> pretty yeah. cool. What's your what's your what's your train stop there in in Brooklyn? What's your, oh. what's your what do you take the 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 E the F the the L the, the L train? L. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes, we rode this those trains many 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 moons ago. Yeah. <laughs> I know nothing. I rode them once. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I've been to New York once. Alex, <laughs> who is the, the person who connected us. Uh, yeah. Previously, we've had them on the show from Avetas Films. Yes. Uh, their movie, Me Mataron Tres Veces, is blowing up all over the world. So make sure if it's coming to a festival near you, you guys go check it out. Alex, thanks for stopping by, man. Thank yeah, you for yeah. connecting us. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, I, what... Um, I mean, I know you, you you still have more episodes to go on this season. Yeah. You you've you've dove into it. You obviously did a lot of the work, a lot of the recordings where you where you were down in Mexico. Yeah. How much how much um how much does the creative juices or the or or kind of how this feeds your soul um counteract with you kind of needing to like, you know, keep doing your day job and stuff like that? How much does it pull at you like is this something that could overtake like your creative juices from what you're doing now? Like if it became profitable, would you like to focus more on that or is it going to stay like a side project for you uh, until that happens? I mean, it's definitely going to stay a side project until that happens, but I would love for it to be my thing. Um, Yeah. I, you know, there's something about, there's nothing like, making after you work for so many other people making their vision even if it's not their passion project even you know whatever or if it is um there's something so amazing about being able to do your own thing and have your total control over it and be like oh i want to do this like kind of weird crazy like whatever like i can do that because like who's gonna stop me only me um maybe my sound designer (laughs) um yeah um I would I would love I mean I'm planning on keeping doing uh keeping this up um would love to film or record some bonus episodes with people I've had some folks reach out so um yeah and and you know I we've talked like yeah um we can we can talk offline about stuff um no absolutely 
Yeah. And I mean, um, I've shared some of my stories of as growing up and stuff and, and my issues. So I'm, I'm more than happy to come talk on once you guys, exp- if you expand to other countries and other stories. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of stuff that there's the, you, you've, you've talked about, you, you've set off on a journey on this very important topic. That's very important to a lot of people, yeah. but you're, you're still just at the very surface of, 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 of the issue. So exactly. They, you, and Mexico, once you dive in, you're going to find so much. Well, she already oh, interviewed yeah. a Peruvian. One of the ones that I listened to was from Peru, I believe. Yeah. 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 And like, and like Mexico is such a specific country in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's so singular and the situation Mm -hmm. there is so, um, different than a lot of places. Like the, the next country I'm looking at going to is El Salvador, which is like Mm -hmm. a totally different, it's actually the second highest rate of returnees. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of them are deported. Most, I'm going to say probably mostly deported. And whereas in Mexico, it's a lot of people choosing to return uh, for one reason or another. El Salvador, it's like, you know, a bit of a, a situation. And while the country is not, they're, they're not, it's not the 80s, it's not the 90s. Like it's, it's kind of moved beyond the civil war. Um, there's some like crazy baggage when it comes to returnees there that, is really in the main, like kind of there's zeitgeist right now because they're doing this big. So, okay. I'm going to preface what I'm about to say with this. Um, That's always good. The local stereotype in El Salvador is that their gang problem came from uh, the U S California specifically. Right. And so the stereotype is that whenever they meet somebody who is returned, they think that they're a deported gang member what's happening right now is that there's um, a big government crackdown on gangs and there's a big government crackdown on like organized crime in general. What has also happened is that from what I understand, some people have been arrested for just sounding like they're not from there and sounding like they're a returnee. On the other hand, there's been a huge initiative from the government apparently um, to bring people back maybe to buy Bitcoin. Who knows? But like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> yeah, They've actually like set up like a big welcome center for people who have returned, which is like not diametrically the opposite of Mexico, Mexico. It's like you return and it's like, I mean, cool, you know, it's you and like 10 million other people. Mm-hmm. But in El Salvador, there's like, um, the government has really gotten a, apparently gotten involved um, with like repatriating people and stuff like that in a way that I don't think exists other places, but then also might arrest them because they sound like they might be. Yeah. So you might be a gang member. We'll either, we will either throw you into a super overcrowded jail or we'll, we'll put you in our tech sector. Right. (laughs) Yeah. It depends on, yeah. yeah, If you seem white collar, we'll send you to the beach to uh, mine Bitcoin. If, if you're mine mine some Bitcoin, run a call center or something here, you know, the tech, tech verticals, if not straight to jail. Thanks for the question, Scare. That's a great question for Mighty Podcasters for sure. Have you guys, yeah, Scare, have you guys covered, have you guys heard about Apple maybe buying Disney? That's an interesting story. Maybe you guys they're mostly geek and Star Wars based uh, podcast over there. So, oh, cool. Yeah, great, great resource. Another great listen to Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Thanks for stopping mm-hmm. by. 
Um, so, and, and also, I mean, this is, this is a great reminder of the, you know, um, you know, and can I just say, you know, fuck Greg Agate, Greg Abbott. I was actually going <laughs> to fuck Greg yeah. Abbott. You yeah, know, I got that tree should have fucking finished the job. Uh, <laughs> they're putting out fucking buoys with saws and shit. Kids are getting stuck to it and killed. There's, uh, That's, there's this, mm-hmm. th- there's this cruelty to immigration right now. That is a fucking joke. Yeah, uh, yeah. and it's really become a defining line for anybody that I don't want in my life at all, or want to be associated with. I've cut off family members uh and and people that 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 have giggled uh when like um they would ice would raid a, a meat packing factory while kids were at school and the kids would come home and their dad parents had been you know arrested yeah um so this whole um you know this whole prager you thing where they're like paco's family came the right way they they applied for a visa and they waited in fucking Worn, torn, and gang ravaged fucking El Salvador, yeah. and then came to LA the right way. That is that does not exist. That is not exist. a reality. No, no, no. As somebody who personally went through the immigration systems due to the greatest president ever alive, which was <laughs> Ronald Reagan, who was the last president who actually did fucking amnesty, which is how my my father became a U.S. citizen mm-hmm. in 1984. Um, it takes. It took maybe nine years for an application to go in for Mm -hmm. a petition from a u.s citizen so i've lived as an undocumented person in this country and i know what it's like to 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 have to go through that it takes nine years one years in (laughs) when you're in the inside of the united states to be petitioned by and that's not uncommon there's people that apply for citizenship or apply for a visa or apply to be brought in through family connections that have to wait 10, 15 years before their, before their application even starts the process. So this whole doing that the right way thing is complete and utter bullshit. When you are in a war torn gang ravage, when your family's persecuted, when your family or some connection to your family did something that pissed off a cartel or a gang or something like there is no, let's do this the right way. There's let's go right now. Survival. You know, there's, yeah. there's survival. So the, the fact that these people have to trek through South America or th- from Central America, make these journeys, they don't do it on a whim and they don't do it because they want to bring a backpack full of fentanyl. They do it because they have to. So yeah. fuck everybody. Fuck you personally. <laughs> if you know me, if you are for this sort of, uh, evil fucking mindset. Yeah. Um, so I appreciate Alexandra that you know one of these one of the repercussions these people that that make it here. Sometimes they have to go back. Those people might be more prepared than most because they've already lived there. Yeah, you're focusing more on the people that are these people's kids that grew yeah. up here that come mm-hmm. here that something happens and then they're forced to go back. So yeah, um, I do appreciate you coming on and talking about this and I and I and I hope that you continue to focus on this, expand it, and I hope you continue to re- to get. Um, fulfillment spiritually and hopefully financially 
Thank from you. doing it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Please do. Honestly, it was to add a little bit to lose rent. It's like, it's also not an equality based system. Like no. um, my friend who comes from England took her like less than a year. Yeah. Um, but then I know a lot of Latinos who that takes them decades, a whole lifetime. And there's still like, like, I love how you spoke about the lottery as well. Like there's certain little things that just don't make any sense. It's not, yeah. uh, it's not a cut and dry organized system. It's kind of, it's chaotic. It's all over the place. Yeah. And unfortunately with that chaos, you can prioritize, unfortunately, white people, right. you know, from, you know, Western countries as opposed to Latino Americanos. So, yeah. Yeah. So I thank you as well for just bringing a spotlight to all all of these stories that yeah. otherwise would go unnoticed. No, thank you for, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'll say that, yeah, the easiest path for immigration, if you're from Latin America is Cuba, <laughs> they, they actually <laughs> send you a, uh, okay. monthly stipend. Um, Ooh. but yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. I, the whole, yeah, the whole immigration system is such a, an absolute mess. It does not need to be. I, you know, I, I hope that at some point it gets, it does change and it gets better. Um, I don't know even where to start with that, but yeah, like there's just no one, um, you know, no one deserves to be demonized for wanting to be safe. No one deserves to be demonized for wanting their kids to be safe and to, have a roof over their heads, food and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's incredible. And, and make sure that everybody's listening to the Scarab, Scarab schedule, the uh, United yeah. States podcast. I'm looking here at my, at my uh, Spotify and it has a lot of our previous guests, like the Coge Loco Take and Easy podcast, yeah. Scarab Scuttlebuck, Cinema Junkie, Bottle, uh, uh, mm -hmm. all these other podcasts that I have. Um, so thank you. Uh, we're going to keep you on for a little bit, Alexander, but yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we shouted that out. Oh, and, like yeah, I said, yeah. um, and like I said, you know, as somebody who um, in the 80s and 90s as a child had to make that decision, do you want to stay in the United States or would you want to leave? And yeah. based on what I wanted to do with my life, which is make movies, make TV shows, write, I decided make a tough decision to say that I wanted to write it out and ride these years out that I had to do that, which was struggle and having to drive a car and being paranoid every time some, you know, there was a cop behind you and stuff like that. And all these other things that a lot of people go through at a much worse degree than I did. So yeah. anything that shines a spotlight on people, organizations that are trying to do good to help these people or that want to share their stories is something that, um, you know, myself is always going to show and me hint the show is always going to promote. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Now that we got now that we got the serious stuff out of the way. Yeah. Alexandra's gonna hang around with us for a little bit if she can. Yeah. What's your, yeah. What's your time frame? Are you? Um, I'm I'm good for a bit. It is. I I'm East Coast, so it's it'll be midnight in a little bit. So oh gosh. I might, I might I, bow out at that point, but yeah. No, I'm good. Feel for free a bit. to let us know. And just, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. 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 It's, we're playing it by ear. Yeah. All right. So uh, let's jump into a couple of things that are happening right now. Let me see if I have anything here. All right. Should I do my um, Should I do my bit now? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I want to know what the bit is. What's you want to know what the bit is? Okay. This is a all right, this is a comedy bit for those people that that need to understand what comedy is. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a second. I have, I have to pull. Okay, maybe we'll wait for a second here. 
Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of nervous about this bit because I have a feeling people might get mad at me. But I want to know what it is. You know what is it this is? end of the podcast? Is this you going? No, this is not an end of the okay. podcast thing. Kind of. Honestly, kind of. Kind of. All right. So this bit is called um, Ally or Misogynist. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> You decide. Everybody's favorite bit. um, um, So the bit is I'm going to talk about a subject and I'm going to say some things. And at the end, you're going to have to tell me whether I'm being an ally or a misogynist. Okay. All right. And I have to. Don't get in trouble, Lou. (laughs) There's like literally no way I can't get in trouble. Like I said, this is a comedy bit. Okay. Okay. All right. But if I cut it, but if I cut it to even even Scarab is like, yikes, yeah, no, yeah, I'm 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 rethinking this like as I go. All right, I want to talk today about uh, the FIFA Women's World Cup. Oh my god! All right, oh, I'm I'm not up on my FIFA. Look, listen, there's not many things that'll get me to stay up till like three in the morning after I've done a shift. But for some reason, the FIFA World Cup 2023 is being held in Australia, New Zealand. Mm-hmm. So when they play nighttime games here, the games start at like 1.30 in the morning. And Colombia, the U.S. Colombia, the Cafeteras, were mm-hmm. one of the teams that were part of the part of the World Cup this year. And um, I got caught up a little bit into it, and I started watching some of the games. Because, yeah, listen, hey, athletic chicks in short shorts, why not? Let's get after it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I start watching, and then I realize that, you know, these broads are something else. They are very, very athletic. And not only that, women's soccer has 90% less flopping and lying on the floor, writhing in pain than men's soccer. I saw full segments of female women's games where they would like be fighting for a ball, clashes, hitting each other, boom, 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 just tough stuff. And I was surprised that there wasn't whistles every 90 seconds. Literally, I saw two and three minute segments when their interactions where two or three different times, if it was a men's soccer game, a club, a World Cup game, like any one of these times that these that these ladies got hit, they would have been like like jumping off and riding in pain and spinning over 18 times and stuff like that. Yeah. So these are some tough ladies. Um, and I did, and I do believe that, uh, that, that <laughs> the dog's the dog like, the dog's like, don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> do it. Do it. Um, so yeah. So, um, so that's it. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. That's it? <laughs> no, no. no, there's no way. All right. No, there's more. There's more. All right. But, so, there's more. But um, there's also the there's there's also and and then also like as a as a man watching women's sports like I was sort of having fun picking up like which of the athletes were the most lesbian on the team because it was very interesting because you would just sort of because I you know I sort of had like if they had like the short bowl haircut I was like oh she's you know super butch something the the girls with like the ponytails those were like the ones that were probably like sis or bi. And then you could really tell the ones that were that had like the Justin Bieber or like the the haircuts, like the yeah, the, yeah. the fades yeah. and stuff. Where like they're like, oh, all right, Man. good. So that was like an interesting side game that I that I did. Um, one thing that I did not like about the World Cup this year was the women's U.S. team and their lack Sucked. of minorities. Oh, I read as I read an entire article about um, 
some of the issues because a lot of the pro uh, women's players come from a system where it's only set up for privileged rich white girls Great. to oh, be yeah. to be part of the team. They're all from like Ivy League schools or predominant, you know, yeah. women's schools, East Coast stuff like that, California. There's like one. How does the U.S. team have one Mexican chick in it? How 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 are you yeah. expecting to win a World Cup with like, you know, I know the U.S. team had a good run, but the Spanish team that just made the 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 finals, their best player is like this 19 year old black girl, mm-hmm. and they only put her in in the second half. I've been watching a lot of World Cup female soccer yeah. the last couple of days. I see that. Uh, and uh, and 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 why not? So. Listen, uh, you ditzy broads that are running U.S. soccer, let's get some more minorities in there. And then I also wanted to give a ditzy broad of the month award to <laughs> Megan Rapinoe, whoever this broad is from the U.S. soccer team. Here she is at an award show. And this uh-huh. is what she did when a kid came up to her and wanted her to sign a soccer ball. So she grabs a soccer ball from this young boy. Signs it. Signs it. Doesn't even look at him. Listen, listen. And the U.S. women's soccer team got a lot of shit for being too woke. I don't believe in any of that shit, but they were they weren't they weren't standing during the anthem. I applaud them for wanting to. They should get paid more than the U.S. men's soccer team because the U.S. men's soccer teams. Uh, it's fucking horrible. I mean, the U.S. soccer actually, team is the women's soccer team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the U.S. Exactly. soccer team is definitely a soccer team. And we played that commercial, Sophia, a couple of weeks back, where they had edited. Um, some highlights of the French women's team doing some awesome shit, but they had edited men players over it, and I and I was all on board for it. Yeah. So oh, you have to show her. You have to show her. Oh, uh, I'd have to pull that up. I'll pull that if up in a second. Yeah, okay. I'll pull that up in a second. But listen, long story short, listen, these ladies, you're doing a good job. Keep it up, sweetheart. Uh, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> keep working. Keep driving. You're better than the guys. I love the fact that it's less, uh, less, uh, less shitty than the men's fucking game. I'm, I, I literally, I watched, mm-hmm. uh, I watched uh, last uh, one in the morning. I came home from work and I watched the fucking full game of Spain versus Sweden. Now, Sweden, because they would only pillage and uh, and 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 kidnap the prettiest girls. They're a team of six foot supermodels. Uh, yeah. they, and and the Spaniards were like the little conquistador little ladies. Uh the and uh, the conquista broads, maybe that's your conquista broads, I love <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh yeah. but their best player was this 19-year-old black girl, and they for some reason they only played her in the second half. Uh, mm-hmm. and they won the game. Um and the Colombian team was fucking tits. Like yeah, that's nice. I'm just kidding. No, that that was great. The Colombian team was great. They made it to the final eight, uh, and I was locked in with them. I was watching all their games, um, but I guess my take is like fucking women's soccer is awesome. Keep yep. it up, ladies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ditsy broad of the year goes to Megan Rapinoe for being for being a cunt to that kid. Um, and now, and on, then you on. get to decide, misogynist or ally. Oh, damn. That's hard. <laughs> I get it. Okay. Both. ¿Por qué no los dos? Yeah. Oh, my God. You had your moments. You're misogynistically being an ally. And you know what? I'll take it. 
Thank you, God. I I had a, I scaled back a lot of what I was gonna say though, because I, like, I was like, this will be funny, and then I thought about it. I was like, no. Reform misogynist. If you have to say that many times, it's gonna be funny at a time. Yeah. No, no, no. In my mind, when I was, I thought about it today. Yeah. I was like, I have this take about women's soccer. What if I just said it like in the most like crudest way possible, but yeah, still yeah. try to be nice. Yeah, and yeah. then turn it into a bit. Anyway, there that you go. It's all good. Yeah, then what the hell? They're in semifinals, and the game's at three a.m. Like, what is this shit? I'm yeah, no, like literally. Oh yeah, damn. But and you know what? They can't. All they have to do is play the games in the mornings over there because there was a game that played in the morning, and it was on here like at six o'clock at night, uh, oh. West Coast. Yeah. Oh, that would be great. So yeah, I don't know why. Just, just go to fucking. But but they want prime. T- I don't know. They want prime time in Europe, probably, or something like that. You know, or is it? Yeah, it's it's winter there right now too. So it's not even probably like a weather thing. Oh. Yeah. So during the day. so literally, um, yeah. That was my. That's my take on it. I I'm I'm a big fan now of women's soccer, and I think it's even better watching it live than than some men's soccer games. Oh yeah, it's re- it's really exciting. I will say I'm not tuned in at all because of that. Because <laughs> yeah, right, well, no, it's like times, but um, but yeah, I've been I've been hearing all the tea, all the goss, and uh, yeah, I, I wish I could tune in more. All right, all right. Well, that was misogynist or ally for this week. Um, probably <laughs> oh. a, a one time only a bit that I try to create. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I have a couple of other things that we wanted to talk about today. Uh, let's talk about white saviors. Oh um, are you guys familiar with the movie, the blind side with Sandra? <gasps> yes. yes. That story white is Savior Barbie. That's <laughs> that story is the, the story that came out recently about that was wild. So essentially the blind side is the story about Michael Orr, who was a um, football player. He was an offensive tackle and he grew up uh, very poor. He was one of 12 children. And at one point, the movie The Blind Side is sort of a, a version of the story where a rich white family that had kids at the school where he was going to ended up kind of taking care of them, helping them out. And he ended up sort of taking them as his adoptive parents. Now, this movie came out in 2009. Michael Orr was a star player for the Baltimore Ravens for a lot of years. Um, And recently, he filed a 14-page petition with Shelby County, Tennessee, that alleges that his adoptive parents, uh, Sean and Leanne Tuhi, who took their kid, who took him in as a high school student, never adopted him. So they basically said, we're going to adopt you, but instead of doing an actual adoption, we're going to do a conservatorship conservatorship when he turned 18 the biggest difference between them adopting him and doing a conservatorship is that if they had adopted him he would still retain all his legal rights to make business decisions and all these other things they basically said look the paperwork for being for adopting you is going to take too long we love you you're our son blah 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 call us they had him call mom and dad He grew, you know, he was there with them and they instead made him sign a conservatorship when he turned 18, which gave them legal sort of power of attorney over him as a guardian and conservatorship. Right. Um, What they do then is they turn around and they sell the story of the blind side and they use the fact that this is our, you know, we're such great people. We adopted this poor black kid, literally a white savior. 
um, and they brought them in and they have been making money off of the story and off their organization because they have a foundation. And the whole basis of the foundation is look how great we are. Look how white and savvy we are and, <laughs> yeah. and, and stuff like that. And apparently the sad part is that he just realized in February this year that they never adopted him. Oh. I was wondering why it took so long for this. Yeah, I was I was kind of when I first saw the story, I was like, why is he coming out now? Like, what was the delay? He clearly I mean, he was a huge figure in the NFL when that movie came out. Why didn't he say something then? But like, wow, that is insane. Yeah. Why did it take so long for him to notice as well, though? I think, listen, this is a kid that was living on the street. He was homeless. He was bouncing from house to house. He was mm -hmm. a star athlete. So that allowed him to get recruited into some private schools where he was able to be like a standout in a bunch of track and field and football um, and allowed him to start making money when he made it to the NFL. But he was very, I mean, there was the, 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 the PTSD that he must have had as a 17, 18 year old. Oh, yeah. At that point. And then this family is literally telling you, call us mom and dad. We're your mom and dad. They let them sleep in their house. And so you could understand if they, if these people are telling you, you know, we, we love you. You're our son. Sign this paper. Then and the other thing is, like, he went to he could have gone to a dozen Division One football schools. Mm -hmm. Right. And part of the story in the blind side is that he decides to go to their alma mater. And there's a whole NCAA investigation about why he chose that school because his mom and dad went to that school. And that's like a big plot twist in the movie is that he chooses them because my mom and dad went there, you know? So now the entire basis of that is that they were never his mom and dad. And so they could have also gotten a kickback from the school for him attending there. The movie made $300 million. Yeah. Um, they, they each got like a quarter million or more. And they've been basically bargaining and working off of his name for the last 12, 15 years, raising money for their organization, naming him as their son when he really wasn't. This is okay. Does, do you know if like, they've taken his earnings from like the NFL or any other place. Cause like I followed the Britney Spears conservatorship pretty closely. And like, I think they're all kind of different from what I understand, but like she basically didn't even have, like she had zero like control over her money. And I'm mm -hmm. like, were they, and I know that like, um, I know from some of my professional dealings that uh, sports Con sports players contracts the money tends to be pretty protected from other hands mm -hmm. um but no, i don't, no, I don't think they touch, they didn't, that's crazy they, they didn't touch, they didn't touch any of their football money from what i've seen that's but good. but mm -hmm. basically all the money that they made off of the book that they sold about about his life yeah and about the movie rights they said they split the money five ways, but the movie made $300 million. So I'm assuming that they got some of the, although with Hollywood accounting, you never know. Yeah. The movie could still be in the red. Um, <laughs> and um, so I think it's more about like um, any, um, any other things like his likeness that they licensed when he was a kid, all mm -hmm. the stuff, basically their organization that's raised millions and millions of dollars, basically based on that lie. 
that wow. they were that he was their child. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, they Is it, yeah. it I mean This is her at the draft when he got drafted. Well, is it weird that I I I I mean, not that not that it's uh my issue or that I'm involved in any way, but like mm-hmm. I'm a little more worried about yeah, the fact that he is being fairly compensated. Because um, yeah. the adoption and the conservatorship, like, that's emotional and he can put as much weight on that. Um, if the parents genuinely thought that... I, I know nothing about these paperwork. You know, yeah. this paper, yeah. so. But my thing is, like, did they do it maliciously? Was there malicious intent behind it as in, like, I want to profit off of you? Yeah. Or was it, like, a genuine we just signed the easier paperwork, but we're still your parents, but we love you. And he was fairly paid like that's kind of yeah. what i'm concerned about like i i yeah i almost want to i mean like conservatorships can be wild like you yeah y- you can like go um there's oh, sorry. oh there's been stories of like people getting conservatorships over folks that are in hospitals for like a car accident or whatever and like strangers can like go into a hospital uh i think this happens in florida um, you know, say, oh, I, I need a uh, conservatorship over like this patient whose house they really want. And then they sign the, t- yes. the deed title over to them. Like there's like so much crazy shit that can happen mm-hmm. under there those. Was a, there was a yeah. horrible Netflix movie called the worst person alive. Yes. Yeah. Which was about that. Yeah. 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 And those are like, like, um, yeah, after the Britney Spears thing, like I'm I'm not kidding. Like I got so afraid because like my because part of it took place in Louisiana, which is where my parents live. And I was mm-hmm. like, guys, like make me your power of attorney. I promise I will not steal from you. But like there's like so many, like I'm just like, how far reaching was it? Like, does this guy own anything that he yeah. thinks yeah. he owns? Like, does he it, oh my god. Well, does basically, he, uh exactly. the the deal. Well, let me give you guys a little bit more more feedback. Yeah. Uh, according to the legal filing, the the movie paid the Tuies and their two bell children each two hundred twenty five thousand plus two point five percent of the film's defined net proceeds. The movie became a critically acclaimed blockbuster, grossing three hundred million at the box office uh, and tens of millions of dollars mm-hmm. in video sales. The, the the film received an Oscar nomination, and Sandra Bullock won for Best Actress. Yeah. Uh, while the deal allowed the Tullys f- to profit from the film, the petition alleges a separate 20, 2007 contract purportedly signed by Orr appears to give away to 20th Century Fox the life rights to his story without any payment. The filing says Orr has no recollection of signing that contract, and even if he didn't know what it explained the implications to him, um, the deal lists all of the family members as having the same representative at Creative Artist, mm-hmm. uh, but 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 Orr's agent, who would receive movie contract and payment notices, is listed as Deborah Brannon, a close family friend of the Tuies, and the same lawyer who filed the 2004 conservatorship. Um, in the past, uh, the Tuies have denied making money. Blah blah. We divided it five ways. Uh, Orr's court petition says he never received any money from the movie, even though he long suspected that others were profiting. Uh, whenever Orr asked questions, he did not get straight answers. And this, since the film's success coincided with the start of his lucrative NFL career in 2009, because if you sign in the first round in, in the NFL contract, you're making, yeah. ten, you know, at that time, 2009, probably six to ten million dollars a year. Um, he didn't investigate until after he retired in 2016. And he eventually hired a lawyer who helped them uncover the details surrounding the movie deal. 
uh, and his legal connection to the people he believed were his adoptive parents. He, his lawyer unearthed the conservatorship document in February and Ora came to the painful realization that the Tuies had not adopted him. Wow. That's so messed up. He made no money on the movie. Yeah. That's messed up. Yep, that's, that's evil. <laughs> yep. Like, here's this kid who just wanted someone to treat him like family, I'm sure, after his rough ass childhood. And yeah. these people were like, you know what? I'll give you some bullshit. Yeah. That's yeah. just like. Yeah. Plus, he got mad because they were, the, and the movie portrayed him as less intelligent. Yeah. And, uh, and then you got the race element to it. Like, yeah. you know, let's be honest. These people like, yeah, with the history of slavery, you're going to get this black kid, get him off the streets, help him a little bit, quote unquote, but also profit yeah. off of him. It's what? Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. that was a huge story in sports and film. And the last thing that I'll read here is that for years or said that he was content to live with the myth created by the movie. <laughs> reasoning that its inspirational message outweighed the pain inflicted by what he saw as his inaccurate portrayal of his life, but that has changed. Um, there is so much been created from the blind side that I'm grateful for, which is why you might find it as a shock that the experience surrounding the story has also been a large source of some of my deepest hurt and pain over the last 14 years. Um, you know, if we don't be down the details other than the politics and the money behind the book and movie, it was a principle of the choices some people made that cut me the deepest. So, yeah. Can I tell you guys a crazy story? Please. Yeah. <laughs> so for, for high school, so I went from like public school to uh, Catholic high school. And um, there is this like one family that was just strange. And that, okay. So like there's a few of us that had come from public school and one of the girls uh, was black and her mom was a single mom. And she was like, uh, her mom was like a, an ER nurse or something like that. So she was often at work. And mm -hmm. so this other family who was white and incredibly wealthy was like, oh, like our daughters are friends. She can come hang out at our house after school. And it got so weird from there. Like it, I like, they were like, they, I mean, you know, they started quasi, they were like, there was a kind of this vibe that they had like quasi adopted her, but to the point where they were like disciplining her in public, like this kid that was not theirs. It was like absolutely strange. And an then huh? <laughs> give an example. Like, what? I just remember, like, I can't remember where we were, but like, um, I, I like, I can only remember this like one specific moment, but like, we we were somewhere and I can't remember what Ebony was doing, but she was like, she, I can't, I, I have no recollection of what caused this or like probably potentially nothing really caused it, but like what happened before this, this woman and the mom and the family just started screaming at Ebony was like, get back here. You need to get back here. Right. Do not do that. Like, and I don't even think she was doing anything like she wasn't like, you know, pulling a fire alarm. Like, I don't know. Like she wasn't like, yeah, nothing too crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, nothing too crazy. Maybe she was like, maybe she was like running someplace or whatever, but it was just like weird. And then like the right before we graduated, Ebony winds up writing this whole article about for the Washington Post about how crazy this family was. 
and yeah. like how they like quasi like tried to take over her life. It reminds me. Uh, it reminds yeah. me of there, there's an episode. Uh, I think it was the final or the second to last season of Atlanta that sort of yeah. got the, that mirror about the 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 two lesbians that adopted all the black kids and then try to drive them off a cliff yeah. or something like that. Yeah, there's a what? There's, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you watch watch that, well, there was a real life story of yeah. the, these two lesbians that were adopting or fostering all these little all these minority kids, mostly black mm-hmm. kids, I think. Yeah. And then uh, they they drove off a cliff with them. They they think, like, yeah. yeah. I don't know how many of them died. I don't know if any of them survived in that story. But I think they all passed. There's yeah. a podcast on it. I think it's called The Happy Family. Yeah, um, like but they, they were, were like, like family yeah. bloggers. Oh yeah, yeah. And they yeah. they had it was the viral picture of the black kid that was like hugging a cop at yeah. some protest, and yeah. then people sort of dug into the family and stuff like that. It was a really weird thing. Yeah. Wait, and the moms drove off with them, so they yeah, passed. Yeah, yeah, they drove. They drove yeah. them all. They they gave them all mm-hmm. like sleeping pills or something, and mm-hmm. then basically killed themselves. Uh, like a suicide oh. thing. That's yeah. wild. Yeah. 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 It's absolutely messed up. Oh my god. Um, on that so note, it is almost yeah. midnight, so I will have to <laughs> oh, on that terrible and disturbing note. Yeah. Well, we're going to keep going for a little bit, but I do want to thank our guest uh, who's, who's so hung around with us for a line. Thank you for uh, having me. This was awesome. Make sure you guys check out on Spotify and other areas, United Stateless Podcast with Alexander yes. Rivera. Uh, and uh, we look forward to, to hearing uh, more about where you take this next. Yes. Um, yeah. and, and obviously, go ahead. I was going to say, if anyone on here wants to uh, reach out and share their story, uh, the email address is unitedstatelesspodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Actually, sure. yeah, don't be all sure. Right, we'll make yeah. sure we add that to the uh, to the to the description. We'll share it all over the place. Uh, and obviously, you know, we're all uh, actors, filmmakers, et cetera. So I look forward to seeing you in the future, collaborating, yes. hopefully on other stuff. And Absolutely. you know, never know where this crazy film and TV world takes us. Hopefully someplace good. Yes, <laughs> I know, right? Hopefully. <laughs> thank yeah. Alexander, thank you for stopping by. Thank, thank you. you for having me. Bye. Buenas noches. Buenas noches. All right. Lovely, lovely. What a great recommendation by Mr. Alex. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was good. It was, yeah, definitely fit uh, our narratives. Yeah, everything. Super good company and great takes on what we talked about. Man, that was dark. I did not know about the ladies that drove off with uh, kids. Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 Did, uh, the adoption is wild because in, on one hand, it's really difficult. But then on the other, I hear about all these crazy people that somehow are easily able to get kids. Mm-hmm. The caucasity, man. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, when I originally when I originally conceived of the uh, misogynist or alley bit, I, I thought mm-hmm. I would do it after our interview when it would just be me and you. But then having another woman there watching me do it, I was You're just like, like, "Oh no, this is, too <laughs> this is a bad idea." I'm like she doesn't. I was like, I was like, no, I had. A, uh, I felt bad about doing it, and it was like thirty percent as harsh as I was gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were gonna go like real. I was hard. gonna go. I was. I had a whole thing. I was like, no, you know what? And I was like, you know what? Mm, no, 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 no. You're man. outnumbered, bud. Yeah. At this yeah, point, no. you're like, oh it shit. Was, it was bad. It was. Shame it. 
It was all bad. It was all bad. Oh man. <laughs> I was I I was I was I was feeling so confident in myself when I conceived that like at two o'clock today I was like oh, oh man that'd be an inch I want to do a soccer take oh, I can make it into a bit and then I, yeah. I thought about like once I spliced it all together it would just be me saying horrible stuff ah uh, anyway <sighs> all right we could try that again uh, another time I'll try I'll, I'll see if I'll see if I can you do have plenty it. of uh, ally misogynist takes yeah you know I could be like homophobic or ally. <laughs> There you go. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, um, Scarif did say, can I vote already? And I'm, I, if you're still here, no. Scarif, yeah, he, I, I want to know what you would have voted. I think he, he, he felt my shame and he, he did probably. <laughs> I don't he know was like, I got to go. He's like, you are, <laughs> I'm going to let you drown yourself, kid. Uh, let's see. Uh, yeah, yeah. March 2018, an SUV carrying two adults and six children drove off a cliff on the Pacific Coast Highway. It was a murder-suicide at the hands of Jennifer and Sarah Hart, a white lesbian couple who adopted the black children from two families. Uh, yeah, so they they were they were a couple of cunts. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, it was bad. Hart family murders, if you look at it. But there was an episode of uh, Atlanta um, in one of the last seasons that dealt with it, and and uh, Atlanta's a really good show um, if you haven't yeah. watched it on Hulu, which I'm paying for. So which I am no longer logged into. So send me the information again, please. Okay. All right. Uh, if you are in LA or New York, uh, this coming, uh, what is the 18th? This coming Friday, uh, we're going to, uh, give me a second. Let me remove that because I got a message. Uh, give me a sec. Sorry. If you are in New York, uh, you are in New York or LA on the 18th, uh, the Latino, oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody and they're like, don't message me. All right. Uh, and you're a Latino OXE, uh, Warner Brothers on 81823. Actors and writers unite. Please join the WGAW Latinx Writers Committee the WGA Latin Writers Salon, uh, and the SAG After National Latino Committee for our official bicoastal joint picket date, Friday, August 18, 2023, from 9.30 to 12 p.m. on both coasts, West Coast at Warner Brothers at 3772 West Olive Avenue in Burbank, on the East Coast at Warner Brothers at 888 Broadway. Everyone is welcome. So we're going to show solidarity for Latino, Latina creatives, writers, actors, uh, just something that I saw this week that I thought would be worthy to promote yeah that sounds awesome mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. have you done any pickets lately no i saw that the the wondering comic-con didn't really take off because they weren't really allowed to pick it right there oh really yeah all right let's it get looks, to some cool. <laughs> let's get through some let's get through some palette cleansing here to end the okay, night okay all right let me reshare this so i can share my audio Oof. How's that leg feeling? Uh, not great. Does it hurt? But it's every day. Uh, yeah, pain meds, but it's also like I've been limping. It's bad. But today was the first day officially that I was no longer limping as much. How how was it? Did, was it several cuts or was it just one grab on to you? It was one grab on, but you know. 
cut a it's mainly honestly there's like three to four openings for because teeth just went in there but uh-huh. one of them is like it took a chunk of meat oh, okay so there was a yeah so there was a yeah. yeah so they were like yeah they were like if it was a clean cut like the doctor was like i want to sew it but it's not a clean cut so it just it you're gonna have to let it, yeah you're gonna let it heal and see how it looks we don't know you're gonna have a, but, have a scar no more bikini buddy uh, no more i'm imperfect i'm i'm gonna be crying like barbie when she was like are they oh, uh God, hideous. Did, huh? so, so you, did they uh did they because usually and i've had uh i've had dogs that are rescued that ended up biting people and they had to be put down what's happening with the dog did the did they come grab I them was, or did i think that um i could have it put down if i was like being a, a super caring about it hmm. um but it was odd because they didn't like they they animal control came they got the dog it was a humane society law enforcement mm-hmm. they came they got the dog they closed the gate they put the dog in a in a kennel or in a crate wherever whatever they had in their property and then they just left and that was it like they have a record of it but there was no like do you what, want uh, to like put this dog down? We're going to take it and they have to pick it up. Like there was none of that. It was just like, Oh, we put it back in the crate. We're going to leave now. <laughs> One day when I, when I had a dog that bit somebody, uh, they, they made, they said they, they wouldn't let me put it down right away. Uh-huh. Cause I was like, yeah, this dog is, is too reactive. He's, he's like red line. He's bad, bad, bad. Because mm-hmm. it, it was a dog that had been abused a lot. Um, and I was trying to sort of, do good but it ended up being bad um but i did have to keep it for two weeks and they're like you have to keep it in the backyard or you have to keep it isolated and stuff like that so they may be going through that process oh they did say something about a 10 day yeah i think it's like a 10 day hold yeah they have to quarantine the dog and that's in case you have like rabies and yeah stuff like that. did they give that's you- what it is yeah did they have to give you shots and stuff for case no, they 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 asked me if I already had my tetanus shot, and I was like, yeah. And they were like, okay. Uh, uh, and that was it. And then after that, they were just like, well, now we're just going to treat the wound. And then legally, so it was funny because there was fire department, ambulance, and animal and humane society law enforcement. So they did their thing. Ambulance was like, you're good, but you definitely need to get it looked at. Like, you're not going to die, but go get it looked at because that's nasty. Um, and then... And then they left me alone finally with the cops because they were like, now we you figured out you have to go to the, or you have to go to the ER. The dog is put away and we're not going to put it down. And now you have to figure out legally what are you going to do? Because I could sue the guy. I could, you know, I could do a lot of stuff. Um, but we did talk it out. It's my neighbor. Um, and yeah, so figured it out. The cops were like, listen, if you can figure it out. In a nice way, that'd be better. But if not, this is how you sue him. This is how you go to the courthouse. This is, listen, I would, I would, but I do. It's not that even that I believe in karma. It's just that I, I don't know. I don't have it in me to do something malicious like that, you know? When- no, I mean, like, like, like they, they need, they wouldn't, I would say that if they were doing the right thing and they didn't want to go through the whole process and they realized they were in the wrong, that yeah. they could, you know, they could make it, they could just, give you a little something you know they could be like hey you know be neighborly you know be like oh, let's just you know handle yeah. this you know on the streets on the streets yeah i don't know they've been they've been really uh the 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 dog owner has been really generous so i'm like i'm i don't see a need to do anything else i could sue his ass and probably get a shit ton of money but 
You know, yeah, yeah, I'm like, but... I have honey. If honey ever were to have a bad day, I wouldn't want, you know. Yeah. yeah so, all right. all right. I'm like, hey, he's remorseful. He's, he's super guilty and has been helping me out. And you know what? That's all we can do. He got very lucky that it attacked somebody that has Medi-Cal. I did tell him. I was like, you have no idea how lucky you are because there was an ambulance. I've been, you know, I've been doing the most. I was like, there were hospital bills, there were medicine bills, and it was all covered by my insurance. So I was like, you were lucky, sir. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, that definitely, absolutely. Well, I'm glad you're doing better there. All right, mm-hmm. uh, this is something, uh, let's see, can you hear this? Let me see. No. How refreshing that is. <laughs> there, yes. Um, sorry. Yeah. Before we go, right, this is uh, POV. You're on a date with a woman in her 30s. I thought it was appropriate for you. Okay. <laughs> oh no! Oh as no! As you're as you're hitting as you're hitting your your prime. I'm yes. good. Yep. Hi. Wow. You have the exact amount of hair that you have in your profile photo. You have no idea how refreshing that is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Before we order drinks, can I just lay a few things out to the table so we're both not wasting our precious time when we could be answering unread emails? <laughs> So, um, I'm looking for a husband and someone to have kids with. Oh, yes, I know. <laughs> um, I'm not saying right now. You don't have to impregnate me on top of these menus. That's just what I'm looking for right now. So, if commitment is like the boogeyman to you, I totally get it. But, you know, boo. Also, I have never come to completion solely by having an eggplant inside of my flower garden. It's important that you know that. In my multiple years of being sexually active, it's never happened not once. I appreciate you not making your entire personality about being the person who changes that. <laughs> it's going to affect your manhood. I'm probably just not the girl for you. And I'm definitely not going to spend the next 10 years pretending like I am, if you know what I mean. Um, I'm a feminist, shocker. <laughs> I'm not necessarily saying you have to be. Labels can be weird. I just would prefer you not think that any man who willingly went to go see Barbie was gay by default. I that being said, her. I want to marry her. her. Conceive me immediately should you say anything even remotely resembling an Andrew Tate quote. That was just for my safety. Now, last but not least, I'm looking for someone who wants me as a partner, not a cheerleader. Blonde hair can sometimes throw people off. So if you want a little more raw, raw, sis, boom, ba, Chris, I love that for you. You're a very attractive man. That's why you're here. I'm sure you can find a variety of options available to you at the local mall. And that being said, Chris, do you feel like we're on the same page? Can we order a drink and try to talk about our ex for the next hour? Or are we reading different chapters? Maybe we can park number back. Is it weird that, like, she's so hot? <laughs> oh, yeah. She's so hot. Call me. Yes. See, not going to lie. I know that would sc- that scare, that would scare like, everyone off. And that's, like, super forward. But I would be like, yeah, bitch. Let's do it. Absolutely. You're hot. And you know what you're looking for? All right. Cool. Let's see where this goes. Let's, yeah. see, where, let's see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. Yeah. Send it to me. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, I guess the meme. Bonzo, the what's up? Welcome, welcome. <laughs> woman shouldn't vote. The perfect woman <laughs> is that pearly things? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 that's oh, that's so mean. Oh, that's but she's bad. so vile. Uh, oh. That's a that's a that's a rough one on her. But that's it's, I love the stink lines, which yeah, yeah, cool. it just makes it in the hair. Like, what's going on with her forehead? Oh man, I hate uh, I hate stooping down to this level. But all right. I'm sorry, so I just wild. saw this and I thought it was like fine. This is so vile. All right. Yeah, yeah, very bad, very bad. All right, uh, one question for you here. Uh, mm-hmm. I was because this is something that I saw again uh, on TikTok here. Uh, this is uh, from a TikTok, which is. Uh, rules for my boyfriend when he goes clubbing without me. Uh, he has to wear a top telling everyone he's not single. If a girl approaches, I don't know, like a taken. 
shirt. What? Okay. Like, I don't know. Uh, he has to wear a top telling everyone that he, if a girl approaches him, he ignores her. Anything closer than one minute apart is cheating. He can have one drink max. That's not real, is it? Oh, anything closer than one minute apart? What does that mean? One mile? One? What do you mile mean closer? Apart. Anything? I don't know. He can't have one. Okay. Well, that sucks. That's boring. Yeah. Sorry for that guy. That uh, means you don't trust him, and that. It's a yeah. shitty relationship, but if it works for both of you, yeah. If cool. you wanna, if you wanna, uh, you know, if it works for, yeah. Um, if that is the couple in question, I do want to note that the girl looks like she could be fifteen, eighteen. Yeah, yeah, fifteen. You know, like just very young. So this could be a high school couple, honestly. Yeah. Um, which would it's clubbing. It's understandable. Oh yeah, that's true. The profile. I don't know. This is just very like you know. Um, Young kid, yeah, mature, it's like you know, 18, very 20, 20, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's giving um, 20 year old energy, right? Like, exactly, yeah, yeah. it's giving this is my first relationship, and I love you, and I don't want to lose you, and yeah, so I'm yeah. gonna control you. I'm gonna anyway. control you, all right. Uh, oh, shout out to um, Miguel Rodriguez. I uh, wanted to share this as well. I've been, mm-hmm. I'll share it on the next stream because I already shared a bunch of stuff as well. Uh, but Miguel Rodriguez is the curator and the founder of the Horrible Imaginings um, Horror yeah. Film Festival, which is one of the most prestigious horror film festivals in the world. Um, he also curates the Un Mundo Extraño uh, for the Latino Film Festival. He's a he's a good he's an acquaintance of a colleague of mine. I consider him a friend. Uh, and he was going through some emotional issues over the last couple of years. Um, he was very open about some. Um, some thoughts of suicide and things that he had recently. And he made some posts um, and the entire community, this is a really like good, like he, he made this long post uh, on his website. Uh, you're sort of talking about, you know, his mental health struggles and stuff like that. And somebody from the community took it upon themselves to create a fundraiser because him and his wife were sick and he was having issues. And after the pandemic, his film festival really suffered. So, um, you know, they, they set up a GoFundMe and they're already over $18,000 in donations from through 225 don- uh, donations. So this is a positive story of people mm-hmm. in the community coming together. Um, and, and, and um, you know, he's got a beautiful daughter and I've had him on my show before and we've talked about horror movies and stuff like that. And he's an awesome guy. So, yeah. um, so just wanted to highlight that, you know, positive story for the week of people coming together to help each other out in need. Um, it's unfortunate that we live in a society that's so capitalistic that we have to do this, but it's also, you know, <clears throat> good that people can rally around each other when there's a time of need, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, so shout out Highest and lowest of the society. Shout out Miguel. All right. Uh, so this guy, what's up? What's up? This guy got called out. Uh, <laughs> Heart shift. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. What's this guy? This guy made a video because he wanted to clear up. This is uh, this guy wanted to clear up that he wasn't a PDF file, but um, he didn't help himself out a lot in this uh, thing. Because you know how these manosphere guys are talking about like you know biblical stuff and you know a woman's perfect reproductive age is fourteen and shit like that and and things like that. So this guy said some horrible stuff like that, and this is him trying to talk himself out of the problem. What's up, Christ Gang? I'm making this video to clear up false allegations. I mean, Christ Gang, right off top, is is hell yeah. 
Gang, gang, Christ, gang. Oh my god. Oh my name. A lot of people on the internet are accusing me of being a P three Do. Um, I just want to make this very, very clear. I am not a P three Do. So it all started when I joined Parker's Live, and I was asked the question. I want to know if you're saying that it's okay for you to sleep with a minor, someone who's nine, eight, seven. Just because they hit puberty, I need to know that. I want to go to an objective standard, right? And the objective standard is, what does God's word say about this? Before we get started with that, um, I just want to make it make it clear. Um, I prefer what the Bible prefers, right? So I, I don't just have my own opinions for these issues. I look at what the Bible says, right? And so essentially for preferring what God's word says, I'm called a patrio. So the Bible does not specify a specific age for marriage. The Bible gives two specific things that would imply that a female is ready to engage in sexual intercourse within female. marriage. Now, those two things are if the female. Why would you prefer somebody call you a female or a broad? Which one gives off worse vibes? Uh, it's 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 the tone. Yeah, it's the is physically it's the mature and if she is emotionally mature physically mature what it's saying is the female has to have menstruated okay within jewish culture the menstruation of a female signifies her physical maturity different females right hit this at different ages emotional maturity now what is emotional maturity is a female mentally ready or mentally capable of making that decision to engage in sexual intercourse. Now, different females obviously mature at different rates. What's really, really, really important about this thing, right, is that you cannot put a specific age on it. That's why the Bible does not mention Try a specific harder, age for marriage, right? Sell different it. females are emotionally mature at different ages, and different females are <laughs> physically mature at different ages. Within ancient Israel context, we understand that females matured at a much younger age, right? The reason being is because there was much more responsibility. Look, I understand he's trying to do, but does he have to do the, like, the, the jump cut in even the that that sort of TikTok yeah. editing on this video it seems so fucking weird yeah ability on these females within society within that culture right nowadays females mature way later in life my beliefs are consistent with scripture and i stand by scripture he stands by scripture now here's the thing if we're gonna if we're gonna speak on the topic and give him the benefit of the doubt or you know just listen to his argument He's not wrong if you're going to go based on scripture. Have you read the fucking Bible? It's messed up. Right. Well, here's somebody so, basically pointed that out exactly, which is yeah, like as my, my scripture. Yeah. Like uh, if you read the Bible verbatim, it says some messed up things. And I don't listen. I don't by any means love fundamentalists, but there's a level of like weird respect that I have for them. Be, if they are like the very extremist living verbatim by the bible because at least mm. they believe it and that's what they do uh versus the cherry pickers you know where i'm just kind of like okay well listen it's fine but anyway is this still disgusting absolutely like uh, he made a he makes he makes an argument i wouldn't say it's a good one because we live yeah, in a different no. society it's not the bible we don't live in bible times and I right. think you're an idiot for abiding by a text that lets you essentially take advantage of little girls. Um, so, you know, he can go ahead and say, I'm living by the Bible, but I'm like, that does make you also a pedo. Those two things don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can't sit there and say, I'm not a pedophile 
but also in the same breath say, but the Bible says I can be. Yeah, it would be cool if but I I'm did not it. a pedophile. Like what? Yeah, exactly. Uh, and also stands back scripture, as uh, this person pointed out, means he also believes in the sexual slavery of women taken in battle against God's enemies. Um, uh, other things that were available in the Bible was man and brother's widow. If a widow had not born a son required to marry her brother-in-law, must submit sexually to her new husband if the brother died. Uh, man plus wives plus com- concubines. Rapist mm-hmm. uh, in Deuteronomy. A virgin who is raped must marry her rapist. Uh, rapist must pay victim's father 50 shekels or silver for property loss. So these are other things that were in the Bible that we Mm -hmm. don't necessarily abide by male soldier versus prisoner of war. Uh, you know, a male slave and a female slave, a slave owner could assign female slaves to his male slaves. Female slave must submit sexually to their new husbands. Mm -hmm. So, so. I just thought it was an interesting clip of the guy trying to constantly up, and, uh, and, and sort of, you know, going by like the, you know, grass on the field, play ball, like creepy yeah. guy, fucking scenario, you know, what's up, Mellow? Thanks for stopping by. Mellow. <clears throat> yeah. That's my face. Mm-hmm. Mellow's party on Sunday for her birthday. <laughs> yeah, <Sorry>. absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. I'm so sleepy. It was such a long day, but no, yes. Excitement for, Excitement. for Mellow. Love you, girl excitement uh let's see did i have that one on there all right uh oh uh shout out lalo alcaraz too i'll put this in because this is awesome um he has these uh i would like one of these i think i want to grab myself one of these mi vida orca chinga tu yacht that is a, a, a very cool sticker of the Lalo Alcaraz art shop. God, I love Lalo. He's so great. He's a beast. I I met I saw yeah. him at the randomly at that um at that um Comic-Con panel for the um for this for this um Jose who I had on the show, this is some of the concept art he did for the game Miklan. Yeah. Which oh, is I like an that. open world game, uh, like a Grand Theft Auto type game that's set in the, you know, time of the Aztecs and mm-hmm. whatnot in the Conquistadors. So he was there at the panel. He was at Comic Con. I got to say hi to him and take him. So it was, it's always awesome to catch up. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see what Come else. Us. Came us. Uh, no. Uh, Do you have any on Amazon ways this one? No, they, we only had the one Come about on. the cat piss. So. Uh, let me see. Give me here one second. All right. No, 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 no. I'm way this week. Um, the last thing that I had saved, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to do this one, is More. one of those bleacher breaker ones. Uh, just a survey thing. But I think, uh, I think it would be, I don't know if it should be you or me that does it. It was, it was one of those, uh, house of, uh, uh, Game of Thrones, like what house would you be in? I don't, ah. know. I don't know if I should. If I, I think I'll, I'll, I'll let see, I, I want to see what you would come up with here. I, I it's gonna be it's gonna be House Martell, but all right, let's do it. You sure? You be, is it because you know? I'm what between you should, Tyrell or Martell. Do you think it's because you know what you need to answer to to get House uh, Martell, or did you think? No, it's it because just, it's what I am by nature. So my right, answers are right. going to. Let's do it then. Let's do it. We'll do this before we leave here. All right. Sophia 
figures out what house of game watch me be a stark and i'm gonna just cry myself to sleep tonight what is something that you value strength wealth sympathy or resilience Um, oh yeah i hate this come on uh resilience resilience all right let's see what you have uh all right next one uh if you had to lead people what would your priority be gaining the respect of my people acquiring more land and assets helping the vulnerable populations or maintaining balance and power Ooh, helping the vulnerable populations All but right. maintaining balance and power is a close second that's a second that's a close one um choose a word to describe your personality cunning charming reckless bold 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 All easy right. i've been called that three times this last week do you belong on the iron throne let's see uh <laughs> What is the what is the best way to get back at someone who wronged you? Trick them into being your friend again to play the long game. Mm-hmm. Confront them immediately. Cut them off completely, or seek revenge when they least expect it. Ah, uh, I'm between confront and seek revenge. But here's the thing. I thought you were more of a cut them off. Cut them off completely. But they wronged me. You know what I mean? Like, what did they do? I don't know. I am capable of all of the above. Yes. Depending on what you have done is the issue. You playing the long game? You 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 would stay fake friends with somebody just to I, get a- no no no. That's the only one that I wouldn't do now. But I did that in middle school one time. Ooh, all right. So, I did. I'll tell you later. It was so, very what's the best I, way? What's the best way to get back at someone who wronged you? Okay, before? so it's not what I would do. It's the best way. What's the best way? Um, seek revenge. Seek I'm so sorry. Oh, revenge. I'm gonna I'm gonna end up being. I'm sorry. You're a Lannister. I'm a Lannister. Uh, <laughs> choose a guilty pleasure. Uh money, intimacy, oh. wine, or power. Well, intimacy, of course. Is that right. sex, right? That one. That sex. Yeah, yeah, sex. Yeah, it's a nice way of saying sex. Yeah. Which of the following do you struggle with the most? Self-confidence, jealousy, being doubted, or trusting others? Uh, what would you answer for this one? Uh, what would I struggle with the most? Uh, no, being for doubted. me. Oh, for you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're pretty I'm self-confidence. Self-confidence or being doubted? I don't know. Because it says I struggle with self-confidence. I'm very insecure. I mean, you don't show it too much. That but I, I don't. You, but you're, but right. you're, you're sometimes you're indecisive. Exactly. But then you, but then yeah, you travel the from. world by yourself. So that doesn't mean. So. Which is the bold side of me. You see what I mean? Right. It's weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a weird person. Um, I, uh, maybe I just, trusting others. No, you I trust really. people very uh, too easily. I trust people way too easily. All right. Then maybe um, being doubted. Let's do that. All right. Being yeah. doubted. All right. Uh, what do you think should have ended up on the Iron Throne? Jon Snow, Cersei, Ew. Sansa, or the Mother of Dragons? Uh, <laughs> I hate this. I mean, we'll go with the mo- Mother of Dragons for Khaleesi. Now. Yeah, Khaleesi, of course. How do you want to be remembered? Clever and cunning, a winner, brave and reliable, fierce but fair. Fierce but fair. Fierce but fair. Fierce. Absolutely. If you had to go to war, what would be what would be a worthy cause? Immigration. Uh, <laughs> immigration <laughs> to expand yeah. the land of my kingdom, bringing freedom, bringing freedom to people oppressed. I don't need convincing. Let's ride. Depend, defending my family and home. Ooh. 
Okay, now I'm starting to see the trend of what four houses are available, and I don't think Martel or Tyrell are in here. Mm, maybe. Um, yeah, so I'm very sad. Bringing freedom to people oppressed. I'm going to end up being a fucking the dragon people. Damn it. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. I'm very sad. I'm very sad about it. Whatever. Do you, do you fall in love easily? No, but I fall hard when I do. Yes, yes. I'm a bit of a homeless romantic. No, I'm extremely guarded. I've never been in love. Uh, no, but I fall hard when I do. Hard. Horde. Horde. If someone Horde was writing that. a book on your life, what would the genre be? Forbidden <laughs> love and romance, horror, thriller, mystery, coming of age, adventure. It'd be a tragedy. Romantically a tragedy. <laughs> um, um, coming of age? Coming of age. Yeah, coming of age. Uh, have you ever felt like the odd one out? Sometimes I do. No, I have always been very popular. I always felt like the odd one out. I used to, but not anymore. Um, sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. It, de- it depends with whom I'm hanging out with. Uh, what job would you be best suited for in medieval times? Blacksmith, baker, stable hand, being a royal family member. Oh, geez. Fucking all of them suck. Um, Baker. Baker. Hell yeah. You would have invented the medieval taco. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) If you could live anywhere in the Game of Thrones world, where would you choose? Uh, King's Landing, uh, Castle Black, The Wall, Dragonstone, Westeros, or the Iron Islands? See, that gives away. Okay. Um... Uh, I the I mean King's Landing, Westeros. King's Landing. It's the nice. nicest. Like, dra- like, why would I want to live anywhere else? They're all kind of like shitty. <laughs> shitty. I mean, the wall. Who the fuck wants to live at the wall? Who wants Choose- to live at the wall? And then yeah. also, Dragonstone is like shitty. Yeah. yeah. Choose an element that you feel most connected to: water, fire, ice, wind. Ooh, water. Agua. Agua. Uh, do you think that wealth and riches are important? Wealth can change you for life or the better. Of course they are. They are, but power is more important. They are more important than they are. There are more important things than material riches. That's my genuine answer. But in, the, but I also believe wealth can change your life for the better. So yeah, wealth can change your life for the better. Yeah, I think so. Why not? It, makes, yeah. it just makes you more of what you are. So if you're good, you can be better. Yeah. Um, what is your worst quality? My shame, my overconfidence. I can be manipulative. My anger. I don't know. My shame? My shame. My shame. Yeah. Shame. I had what to time, choose. What time of the day are you most productive? Whenever I wake up in the evening, early in the morning, in the middle of the night. Evening hours. Evening hours. Yeah. Uh, do you belong? Yeah. How, how do you go about making a tough decision? Take time to think through every possible outcome. Rip it off like a band-aid and make the choice. Put it off as long as possible. Consult someone I trust. Consult someone I trust. All right. Let's rip through these. Choose your house colors. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, golden, black, black, and red, golden, red. This black. is so on the nose. It's stupid. Oh my God. All right. We're going to confuse the algorithm and go with golden, black. Golden, black. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. Okay. Let's confuse the algorithm a little bit. Uh, what feelings do you experience the most? Frustration, curiosity, restlessness, pride? Currently, frustration. Currently frustration. Uh, the best, the best way to get around before cars would be horseback on dragons by sailing <laughs> on foot is the only reliable way. 
<laughs> on dragons. What the fuck? Duh. 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 Uh, as a child, what did you get most in trouble for? Talking back, lying, stealing, general mischief, and breaking things. Um, talking back. Don't talk back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Choose one of the following symbols. <laughs> oh my god! Wolf, dragon, lion, kraken. Let's confuse the algorithm. Lion. Lion. <laughs> you lion. Uh, choose an iconic line from Game of Thrones. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. All men must die, but we are not men. Love is mm. the death of duty. What is dead men never die? Uh, um, God. When you play the Game of Thrones. Come on. Cersei Lannister. Let's go. Cersei. Yeah. I like what is dead may never die. Pilot. Yeah, that's true. If you were the wealthiest person in a small town, how would you spend your money? On infrastructure and town maintenance and plowing people in the town. I wouldn't. I would save it all in local pub shops and markets. Uh, City building, right? I'm between infrastructure and employing people. Infrastructure? I mean, infrastructure does employ people, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, yeah. Also, Westeros could really use it. Like, fucking... What is yeah. it? River bottom? Bikini bottom? What the fuck is it called? Bikini bottom. Right. <laughs> choose choose a meal to serve an important guest. Um, barbecue chicken and local vegetables. I would hire an in-home chef for steaks. Fresh caught fish and potatoes. How do you catch potatoes? Um, yeah, a rich yeah. hearty vegetable beef stew with homemade rolls. Oh, the, the, the beef stew. That sounds good right now. Yeah, it sounds beef stew sounds awesome. Right the second fucking. You know what changes over time, I think, is people is your appreciation of soup. I think as you get older, the more you appreciate soups, I think. I and mean, when you're yeah, a kid, soup. you're like fucking soup. Yeah, exactly. But when you get fucking to be an adult, when you get older, it's like fucking soup. Yeah. Fucking soup. I want soup right now. Yeah. Fuck how man. would you how would you deal with encountering your mortal enemy? Uh deceive them, avoid them, eliminate them, charm them. My mortal enemy. My normal self would say avoid them, but Game of Thrones me wants to eliminate them. <laughs> Game of Thrones Fia. Yeah, she's different. What is, what is your most distinguishing feature? Your hair, your beauty, your strength, your style. Ooh. Ooh. Um, you choose this one, Lou, because mm. I would look not humble if I say any of these. <laughs> <laughs> what, your most distinguishing feature? My eyebrows is not there. So. Eyebrows is not there, but I'm going to put hair. Hair, because that's a hair. <laughs> yeah. Eyebrows are hair. So eyebrows put, are hair. Yeah, there so that's go. good. Do you believe that no bond is stronger than blood? Yes, family is everything. Blood doesn't mean anything. No, I cut my family off. People can earn a place in my family. People can earn a place in my family. All right. I think that's more modern take, right? Yeah. yeah. Choose a powerful historic leader. Cleopatra of Egypt, Napoleon, Joan of Arc, mm. or Julius mm. Caesar? Oh, I'm going to say Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc was a badass. She's a, she's a self-made. Cleopatra's badass, but come on, she wasn't self-made. Let's go. If your castle was under attack, what would your first priority be? Defending the castle, escaping through the tunnels, getting mm. people evacuated, hiding with a weapon to defend yourself? Um, Getting people evacuated. Evacuate them, hoes. Yeah. Uh, do people come to you when they need advice? Yes, all the time. No, rarely. Only sometimes a few people do. Yes, all the time. 
the oracle, the oracle, <laughs> the chief chismosa in charge. Do yep. you believe in revenge? Yes. There are ways to get revenge other than violence. Revenge is necessarily evil, only as a last resort. Um, only as a last resort. I give people a lot of warnings. <laughs> Choose the character that you wish you were more like. Daenerys Targaryen, Brienne of Tarth, Egret of the Wildlings, Edward Ned Stark. That you um, wish you were more like. I wish I was more like Egret. Egret? Yes, sure. I am a mix of the other three. I have zero egret in me, and I need more of her. Shooting arrows at people. She's just such a like badass. Doesn't care. Like she's just mm. you know a street mm. fucking person, and I, I'm not street enough. Uh, who knows you best in this world? My BFGF, my brother or sister, myself, my best friend. Myself. Myself. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Sorry. I should have said my podcast host. <laughs> Best friend is this close, but yeah. Do you think it's important to keep a good relationship with your parents? Yes, definitely. It would be nice, but not necessarily. Yes, it's important even if they're not blood. No, not at all. Cut out all toxic parents. It would be nice, but not necessary. <laughs> this is a new millennial house. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Yo, Cut my out parents, toxic parents. <laughs> Yo, on God, my parents are toxic, toxic. AF. <laughs> no cappuccino. No uh, <laughs> what is the best way to show someone that you care about them? Spending time with them, buying them fancy gifts, building or creating something for them, defending their honor. Spending time with them. Time is the most precious of gifts. Yes. Uh, choose the character that. you think you are most like: Daenerys, Sansa, mm. Tyrion, Jon Snow. Tyrion. Tyrion. One hundred percent. I'm Tyrion. Uh, would what would be your weapon of choice in the Game of Thrones world? A cannon on a ship, wildfire gas, dragon fire, my sword, and my skill. I mean, dragon fire is just like easy, right? I mean, yeah, that's like the cheat code. <laughs> the dragons, yeah, the dragons doing all the job, the whole work. Um, I mean, that yeah, would dragon. Like dragon. Dragon fire. I'd like not? to be a badass. The other one just sword. seems like a lot of work. <laughs> if you saw someone being bullied, you would probably nothing. Bullies build character. Help them because I know how it feels. Help them because it's the right thing to do. Make the bully regret their actions. Ooh. Oh. Hi, Francis. Good. Um, help him. Uh, this is a, such a stark thing, but because it's the right thing to do. Because it's the right thing to do. Those flawed yeah. fucking characters, man. Yeah. Just so they're just so so they're those 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 uh do the right thing above all costs. Honorable like, and like stupid. I can't I won't sacrifice one person to save 50 million. It's like so it gets to a fault. Just, like it's just uh, like uh, I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want it either. I don't want it. I don't want it. All right. Morally Would gray. you consider yourself a nosy person? Only when I have yeah. to be only oh. with a few only Yes, I love knowing <laughs> other people's business. Hell yeah. All 100%. Right, there, there it is. I can answer that. Would you ever steal from someone? Only if it was necessary. I used to, but I wouldn't now. Not on purpose. Sure, why not? Uh, only if it was necessary. Uh, what would your best? What was your best subject in school? English, gym, drama, math. <laughs> drama. Drama. <laughs> I had to choose. I mean, that or English. The person you are always trying to impress the most is everyone. My parents, my siblings, the person I'm in love with. Um, I'm gonna say just everyone, bro. 
probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, imagine you work for a big company and have to promote someone. One candidate is secretly your cousin, but nobody knows. What would you do? Uh, it's too risky to work with family. Give my cousin the promotion, obviously. Promote whoever has the best qualifications. Promote my cousin so they owe me one. Uh, qualifications. Easy. Easy. Uh, choose a nickname. Kingslayer, Prince of Fools, Khaleesi, Snow. Khaleesi. Khaleesi. Come on. Come on. Uh, yeah, you're going to be a, a, a dragon person. Uh, yeah, one of the either, most, yeah. One of the most intelligent characters was Lord Peter Baelish, Littlefinger, Samuel Tully, Rob Stark, or Tyrion Lannister. Wait, what was the question? One of the most what characters? One of the most intelligent, intelligent. characters. Um, Rob is so stupid. Sam is stupid. Um, I'm going to give Peter Baelish credit. Because uh, book Peter long, Baelish. Though. I know, right? Book Baelish? Yeah, book Baelish. Almost getting through it. We're almost done here. We're 80%. If Walder Frey attacked your family at the Red Hat wedding, you would be dead. Uh, seek revenge swiftly and mercilessly. Fight back immediately. Not going down without a fight. Playing the long game and strike back. Make an example of Frey. Um, Revenge swiftly and mercilessly. Yeah. Although, I, that was one of the few good parts of like the last part of the season when you know she... And she tells the chick not to drink the, 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 the poison wine. Whatever. Yeah. Spoiler. Who is the fiercest fighter? Uh, Sandor Clegane, the Hound. Gregor Clegane's the Mountain. Arya Stork, Tormund, John, Giant Spade. Martell. God. Okay. Um. They totally did a bunch of House Martell eraser here. Yeah, for real. I'm kind of sad. Um. Sandor Clegane. The hound. the hound he's just so good he's just so good um all men must die how do you want to go out in a glorious battle peacefully in my sleep doing something i love all rich and surrounded by family peacefully in my sleep <laughs> uh, let me sleep are you good at keeping secrets yes i'm like a lock safe i'm kind of a blabbermouth i trade secrets like currency mm-hmm. if people tell me it's a secret i'll keep it if people tell me it's a secret i'll keep it if not, expect my best friends to know about it. <laughs> do, you, you have to, do you believe that yeah. the pen is more powerful than the sword? Uh, it depends on who wields the pen. No steel and strength will always win. A letter sent to the right person can bring down a kingdom. Certainly it can be, but I'm a better fighter than a writer. Uh, a letter sent to the right person can bring down a kingdom. How do you convince someone to do something that they don't want to do? Alcohol. Uh, my charming personality is enough. I trick them into doing it, threaten or bribe them. I would just do it myself or find another way. Um, man, am I going to do the honorable answer? I'm going to end up being either a Stark or a fucking dragon. Um, Targaryen. Oh, I would just do it myself. Damn it. Well, the real answer is just convince them to thinking it's, it's their idea. But okay. Yeah. My charming personality is I tricked them into doing it, right? I mean, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you know what? Game of Thrones Sophia is different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Choose the trait that you relate to the most. Sarcastic, mischievous, fiery, stubborn. Sarcastic. Do you consider yourself a kind person? Yes. Yeah. 
to my core, only to the people I care about. I have learned kindness goes farther than anger. I act hard, but I'm kind deep down. Uh, yes, to my core. Sorry, I'm just a softy. If you were to explore Westeros for a day, what would be your first priority? Uh, meeting locals in the pub, seeking the architecture and history, exploring the crypts, gaining an audience with royalty in King's Landing. Um, uh, seeing the architecture and history. Yeah, I, really. I'd like to go see That's, some When I travel, it's that, and then I meet locals in the pub. And then you meet locals in the pub. Uh, what what do you consider would you consider yourself an underdog people tend to underestimate me but i know i'm strong yes i'm 100 the underdog a little bit and i have soft spot for underdogs no i'm a natural born winner a little bit and i have soft spot uh except for dogs that bite you down under yeah fuck You're, that <laughs> that guy <laughs> that bitch your family doesn't approve of your wedding engagement what do you do my family doesn't approve of anything I do. Who cares? Cut my family off and go ahead with the wedding. Call it off. Family's more important. Convince them otherwise. Um, that would never happen, but um, okay. Uh, In Game of Thrones universe, it might. Yeah, it might. Convince them otherwise. That's what I would do. If I think it's right, I'll, come, I'll try What to does success look like to you? Being free and happy? having a powerful, wealthy family, having my dream job, becoming a great parent. Being free and happy. Oh. And, and wealthy. Oh, you are. Why? House of Targaryens. Oh, Why? No. <laughs> Your Our prisoners determined that you belong to the House of Targaryen. You have earned the rare honor of flying under the dragon's banner while the mother of dragon soars alongside you. Listen. Out you are of both the passionate, determined, and sometimes unpredictable. Yeah. Out of the main houses, I would want to be a Targaryen. But out of the secondary houses, there's just so, they're so much better. They're just mwah, like, you know, yeah. Martell Tyrell till I die. And that's because I'm a Hufflepuff Ravenclaw. Ravenpuff till I die. Yeah, I think I would probably be Stark, but then I think that my uh if I was gonna do an outside there's so many cool houses though. For me, it's just Martel and Tyrell. They just have it down. The Tyrells. Yeah. The The Tyrells are really, I really enjoy how they play the game. I just enjoy how they played the game. They're, they did, they were the ones that did everything with the pen. Everything they wanted, they got literally just by charming, meeting, being there, knowing the tea. Like it was so strategic and beautiful. And they, they maintained it. Like within the family, they were so ethical and loving, and it was I loved them. They played a great game. Martel played a great game, but you know, you and know. Then they, then they got um, they got to my guy. Yeah. They got uh, annihilated by uh, by fire, right? Um, no the the Tyrells. Oh, the Tyrells. Yeah. Yes, I forgot their downfall. Yes, I remember. I fucking remember how the Queen of Thorns went down. That show was epic. Tell the Cersei I want it to be me. I want her to know it was me. Yeah. Uh, no, no, she Cersei blew up the Tyrells. That's what it was. Yes, yes. I remember that. That was a great, great yeah. intro episode. Holy the, shit. The wildfire crypt exploding. Yeah. Which is bit. also partially great scene, great cinematography, terrible writing, because that's not how no. That's not how it was. I just no, I mean the it's, it got ahead of the books. So like 
So like, I don't know how they're going to die in the books. You know, they're still alive. Everyone's still alive in the books. <laughs> When's a winner. Hurry up. Oh yeah. True. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think uh, I would go with uh, bear Island. Really? Yeah, I could see that. I could see. Okay. Yeah. Why? Because, uh, you know, the Marmots, right? Marmot, right? Is that them? Uh, yeah, something with an M. Lydia Marmot. And then uh, the guy that was uh, um, Cersei's BFF, they got the grayscale. He was from there, right? Yeah. Yeah. This seemed like an honorable, like, tough, grind it out. It was kind of like a like a mix and mash of, like, Starks and... and yeah, yeah. It was like, they're, they're know, tough north. Island, but, but then they have the cool bear. I love... I just... I, 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 yeah. I, I think... Yeah, the polar bear is sort of my spirit animal, I think. So anything bear related, Aww. I'm a, you know, bear-ish. So. I love that. Yeah. So I think. Polar I really bear. Polar bears. I love polar bears. You know that there's actually no polar bears in Poland. Really? Yeah. You would think, mm. right? Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. Where did that come mm. from? I know. I don't well, know. I've been, I've been making that same joke since I was 13. So They're in the North Pole. <laughs> polar. <laughs> because, Polar bear, Poland, obviously. So that was one thing. I, I literally, I've been making that same joke since I was thirteen. So, oh. uh, anyway, all right. Well, uh, this was a really interesting show. Uh, shout out to Ali Rivera from the United Stateless Podcast. Yes. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be catching up, and hopefully, um, you know, I have some, some stuff to contribute to her show. Hopefully, uh, we might work that out. Uh, nice. but, uh, everything else, thank you guys for popping in. Thank you for the Hess. Thank you for all that good stuff. Yes. We love you guys. We'll be back next week. Uh, we have two episodes dropping this week on the audio only version. It's cheese my week. Cause there's two episodes where it was just me and you talking about the stuff. So we're going to drop two episodes this week. Hell yeah. All cheese may all the time. I'm check excited. out, check out for that. Uh, nice. next week we'll have the episode up with, uh, from Avenida Productions. Mm-hmm. And then this episode will be up the week after that. So thank you guys for watching. Yeah. Thank you for thank listening. You. We love you. Hasta luego. We'll be back next time. Peace out. Vamos, papá. Hay que irnos. Me estoy aguantando desde que pusieron el domo. Puedes despegar. Muchas personas trabajaron en esta película y solo quieren que se aprendan sus nombres de memoria. Y yo quiero asegurarme de que ningún animal resultó lesionado durante las imágenes de esta película. ¡Listo! ¡Uy, palomitas en el suelo! ¿Pero parece que nadie tiene algo que decir? ¡Es la primera palabra!